0: Yeah, I've been trying to get into the video editing stuff lately.
1: Five, four,
2: three,
1: two, one. All right, now this is the real thing. <laughs> the real thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the video editing stuff is daunting too a little bit, especially, if, uh, especially for me anyway. I feel like anyway. What uh,
1: is or uh, what what got you into video?
0: Um, <laughs> YouTube. Yeah, is that the right answer? No, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, straight up, I watch a lot of YouTube.
1: So, me too. What, what kind of stuff do you watch on YouTube?
0: Um, I really like Contrapoints. What is that? As far as the least nerdy thing I watch on YouTube, I'm gonna lead with that. Maybe, maybe that's the least nerdy thing. Uh, she's this uh like trans YouTuber that's like left tube. She just like. Uh-huh does these really high production value, really well researched and rehearsed like bits that will be 20 to 40 minutes long once a month. And she's just fucking hilarious and very smart. And like, I, I resonate with her a lot. i like, I got into her in the middle of her transition yeah. too, uh-huh. which is interesting. And it's honestly like, I know like, Two trans people, and I've met them in my my very recent life, so I feel like very like ignorant on the issue, honestly, of being like a dude from McMinnville, Tennessee.
1: I think um, most of us are, and yeah. like I, I, mean, I grew up outside of Atlanta, and I think that over the course of my lifetime, I could maybe count the number of trans people that I've met on one hand yeah um and i mean it's something that only came into like the public consciousness like for the average person like literally in the past five years years. and in five years might be pushing it
0: interesting stuff but yeah she started on youtube as a dude yeah that's what i was getting at um i also watch a lot of uh i watch a lot of like you know uh the what's they call it zero punctuation Okay, what is that? I'm, it's I'm a <laughs> it's a video game reviewer guy and Gotsi and it's this show he does. I watch a lot of video game YouTube. Um like one of my favorites right now is this guy named Sivia Eleven. I'm like deciding like how much of my like nerd freak flag to fly right now. Um oh, I don't know, dude, go for it. And they'll watch like a lot of philosophy tube and this guy named H Bomber guy. And there's mm-hmm. those, these two like British YouTubers. And Philosophy Tube is what it sounds like. An H bomber guy is just like this random dude with a, like a vaguely Cockney accent, I'm not sure. Um <laughs> Which, if that's what it sounds like to me. It's like higher British or something. I don't know. Um Yeah, I... Um, but he just like rambles about video games, really. I didn't get heavy into
1: YouTube until I moved into this house. So I've been in this house for about a year now. Right. and And um, I don't know what made me just say fuck TV. But like, I mean, like and not even like mm-hmm. cable. I mean like Netflix and Hulu and all that. I'm just like, I mean, you have all the content in the world at your fingertips. Like, literally, exactly that thing that is for you is on there versus, like, okay, well, Netflix has this set number of shows that I watch, and maybe I'm into this. I'm probably not into this. Whereas on YouTube, I can just be like, oh, well, this sounds kind of cool. And then next thing you know, you're watching yeah. ContraPoint or H Bomber.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, uh, this is, <laughs> I think it's the perfect thing uh, for, like, yeah, exactly, killing time. Mm-hmm. I've killed a lot of like productive time and could have been doing something else. Like with like short form content. Like there's this guy named Nakey Jake. He does like these perfect like ten to fifteen minute videos. It's just like you can waste an afternoon on that dude's channel. Easy. Um
1: <laughs> Speaking of yeah, of because con- you 'cause you, you do a blog too.
0: Yeah. Wish I was gonna actually write a post for the first time in a minute today. Well, you do a lot of things. I try to do too much probably, yeah. I'd try to do a lot of things. Well, um,
1: let's, I guess let's kind of start with the beginning. So th- th- this is the first episode of this, yeah. and I'm probably going to do like a whole separate thing on why I'm doing this and whatnot, but to make a long story short, I make music, as who doesn't in this city. Right. Um, <laughs> and um, I was like, well, if I'm going to be putting songs out, I don't really, I need. I need to have some kind of way to have some kind of content apparatus behind it and <laughs> it,
2: okay, yeah. you know,
1: Like, it but, but I feel like for most people that's like okay well that means I have to take selfies all day it means I have to take selfies all day and it means I have to uh, constantly berate people with that one single that I came out with like a month ago and just remind people to stream it which isn't going to get you anywhere so I'm like that's well trying to avoid. Yeah. that's what you're trying to avoid I- exactly I feel you so I was like well this is kind of fun we do a little talking and, and then you'll have some content to throw up on Instagram without feeling like you're spamming people and trying to make a selfie cool for the 600th time or whatever. Um, Yeah. And when I envisioned it originally, I mean, this is, it's mainly a music show and it's like an interview series with musicians. But um, when I was working on getting all this stuff together, like the world was still like kind of normal and it's not anymore at all. Um, So it just so happened that as all this was happening, um, I like when I think the day that, um, the George Floyd was killed. I think like I'd had like all the stuff ready to go and I was ready to shoot. And, um, I knew that you had the blog and I think I'd seen some things that you'd posted on Instagram. And I was like, well, he's been cool. The, the, the handful of times that I met him in person. And I think that this would just be a really good, I, like I, 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 I hate that the the climate that this is all happening in, but that doesn't make the, the conversation any less important. Yeah. Um, but um if I could just kind of frame this and then we'll just see where it goes. Um we both play. Mm-hmm. We both play in Nashville. Um and you know, compared to some place compared to some places, you know, Nashville is relatively diverse, but compared to where I grew up, it is not that diverse. Um I'm from the Atlanta area. Mm-hmm. Um, and I play I play music that is mainly alternative, mainly indie, quote unquote, where there just are not that many black folks. You know, and um, I don't know if we've ever actually played a show together, but I've definitely been at shows that you played in. And mm-hmm. typically it's been that sort of thing where it's like, oh, well, this is kind of an indie kind of show. And then, OK, well, you've got a full white kids. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So um, I know you as a bass player. Is that mm-hmm. where you started? No. OK.
0: Um, I started like I caught the bug. Cause they threw me behind the drum kit at church. Uh-huh. Um, cause even though where I'm from in like, it's about an hour and a half East of Nashville, it's a place called McMinnville, Tennessee. Um, it, it's pretty out there. <laughs> That's what it is. Uh, but, uh, it's, it's very white. It's not quite as I was, it's funny. I did Alan's pack podcast podcast earlier this week. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm kind of hitting the same beat. Uh, it uh <laughs> it's yeah it, it's pretty but it's uh not very diverse it's less diverse than most of Tennessee easily because it's just out there enough I mean that's kind of how Tennessee is you, until you get to an urban center there's not really a lot of black people yeah um and this is it's definitely not a suburb anymore out there you're officially in the country um where was it going with this so you caught the bug, they threw oh you behind yeah, threw the me behind the drums of church, oh <laughs> Lord. Um, yeah, they threw me behind the drums of church and I was terrible at it. But like the drummer was somebody who's like teenage kid and he was definitely like phasing himself out of the church i um, like that happens sometimes. I think is, I think I was too young to care about all this. And I was like a painfully shy kid. And when they put me on the drums, I was like, Oh my goodness. And the drums was not the place for me to start. I was like, yeah. so shy. I was like, Oh, you want me to hit these things loud? I can't do that. Like you guys are having fun, but I can't have fun. That's, that's wrong. Um, uh, <laughs> but he was, I think he got somebody pregnant and I was too, young to be concerned about with all that. Uh, but, uh, they threw me behind the drums, and then I was like, "Oh, it's cool, kind of like to have this role, I guess." Like, I think I like the attention and stuff.
2: Ah.
0: Uh, Hydrate. I need to go help me remember where I'm going. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh. But yeah, that was the beginning of it, and I didn't really get to do that because it was terrible at it, and they were like, "Yeah, look, this kid's got no rhythm. There's no saving him." Um, and so they took me out from behind the drums. <laughs> And I wanted to be in the band, though, and eventually I finagled my way to be in the band. And it, it's it's a long and controversial story, and I'm pretty sure my auntie's probably still a little mad about it, because I was the only black kid in McMinnville in the gifted program, mm-hmm. and it was like it was virtually meaningless there because like education is so underfunded there. And yeah. I'm really surprised they even had this like program for the kids on like the other end, because they had like th- it's a federal government thing somehow or it's like a state i forget how it works in tennessee and you get these things called an iep and they had that for like in the special education system for kids who have like disabilities mm-hmm. and that's like the bare minimum that you're required to have so it's kind of a stretch for a place like warren county and warren county is not the smallest place so i think that's what did it there's plenty of tax money coming in i guess because it's there's about thirty thousand people in the county so it's not the smallest town yeah. around The though it is relatively small um but i ended up and the like the gifted program that we did have, and well, Angie like pushed back my auntie who raised me. I'm I'm probably gonna call her my mom most of the time just for ease. Okay. Um, she didn't want me to be in that shit for the longest time. She said make my head big. <laughs> and when she finally let me in there, I got it in there that I had to like. Well, I think that might have been a thing about it. I don't know. Like they made me have to have an extracurricular curricular activity. Mm-hmm so I picked a band, so I finally got to be in band. And then I played saxophone.
1: Okay.
0: Because the saxophone was hands down, got to be the coolest instrument. And I already knew I couldn't play drums, so that was out. Um, So I picked the saxophone because uh-huh. it's cooler than the trumpet and definitely cooler than, like, fucking trombone, right? It's according oh, yeah. to, like, eighth grade me. Uh, tr- trombone's
1: kind of whack. <laughs> There's some dudes in New I Orleans ha- that can make trombone, like, really fucking cool. Yeah. But I think that's, like, only in New Orleans. That's this the kind of,
0: the- Yeah exactly the type of thing I was about to talk about like f- like Fred Wesley and the JB's like the dude who plays trombone in that band sure like he can play trombone and I, but you know
1: <laughs> so you get on the sax
0: yeah and that was where I kind of found a home I had like a keyboard and I'd been playing keyboard because like we had a piano downstairs in my house that was like the piano in my great granddad's diner that one of my great great aunties would play mm. um and it's just, it was just beat down. And I would just like plunk around on it sometimes when nobody would yell at me about it. And my Uncle Steve did buy me like this keyboard, but I didn't learn how to read music until the seventh grade, right before they let me in band. And that was one of the reasons they were like, oh, you should be in band, like the white people. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh,
0: it was because I had taught myself how to read music. And that's a whole other story. Um, but uh, saxophone was like where it took off because like keys was like. I don't know. Like, I think at the time it just took more concerted effort than my like child brain could manage to put into it. And saxophone, I, mean, I guess I had more of a shine for like more of a fucking maybe not going to use Stephen King terminology, but a, like more of a <laughs> like a natural talent for. At least it took less of my. I don't know. Angie was really hard on me. She was like, "You're going to practice saxophone every day for this many hours if you're going to do this." And mm-hmm. so I did, and I think that probably helped a lot. <laughs> just like that being an arbitrary thing I had to do.
1: So right about now you're how old?
0: With I'm twenty five.
1: No, not at this moment, oh, but like at this point. Oh, of that sac-
0: makes more sense. Uh, I was, I was in the eighth grade, so twelve. Yeah.
1: Twelve. Okay. And you, so you're you're playing saxophone in the band, and you're 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 kind of messing around on the keyboards, but you're not getting like real serious yet. Yeah. Um, it, when it, when it when it comes to like music in public education, that's like one form of learning music, and because like, especially like if you, you kind of started in the church, a lot of that is like oral tradition. Like you have to learn it from somebody that has known it. And a lot of those dudes don't read. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just curious.
0: Well, y- in my church, they were straight up like, can you, <laughs> it was even more like mystic than that. Cause everybody in there was just like, it was old school the way they were. It was like, can you play the drums? Can <laughs> you play the guitar? It doesn't even matter. Like if you know notes, it's like, if you like people would just like, sit down with the thing and make it work until it worked.
1: What denomination was this?
0: It was this thing called the Church of God of Prophecy.
1: Is that like a Pentecostal type deal? Yeah,
0: it's a Pentecostal type deal. Uh So they're like jumping over the pews and screaming in tongues and shit. That's one of the reasons I kind of ended up getting out of there because I was like, God, this is kind of insane sometimes, y'all. Well, (laughs) I'm going to try to stay off of the atheist high horse when I'm going to make a resolution (laughs) with myself to do right now. Um... Cause I'm not even like that hardcore of an atheist. I just have a hard time sometimes with the more fantastical elements of Christianity and I'm going to stop digging my hole now. Uh, yeah, but it was a Pentecostal type experience and it's like, yeah, I don't know where the fuck it comes from, this denomination, but church of God of prophecy and yeah, it's like predominantly black in the South and Northeast, Mm -hmm. but like I've never, it's not like a huge denomination and I've never really met a ton of people from the denomination in general. Like,
1: That was something that, um, like, I, I grew up Baptist. Okay. And I grew up Baptist in, like, the Atlanta area, which there are already a lot of black folks in Atlanta. And when I came to Tennessee to go to school... That was when I started like meeting people who were like Kojic, like Church of God in Christ, and stuff like that. Like all these p- Pentecostal mm-hmm. denominations, and it's it's just such a different thing than like just your regular Baptist. And I know that like you know Baptists can get a bad rap among certain people and whatnot, because a lot of like your Southern Baptists can be you know quite backwards. Very similar. Um,
0: very similar, honestly.
1: But but even like growing up, like there was like a very clear, <laughs> there is a clear distinction between like okay, well, like this is our religious life. And like Israel and Palestine is Israel and Palestine is not like the final battleground before Jesus comes back. There mm. they're,
2: they're mm-hmm.
1: like I, it, it mm-hmm. was it was literally culture shock when I came to Tennessee and I and in and, and, and there 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 is no distinction between like what your beliefs are and the way that
2: the world yeah, works.
0: I remember they gave me a book. And I love the woman who gave me this book. She's a super sweet lady, but this was some crazy nonsense that she gave me. And I like I gave a shit about the Da Vinci Code <laughs> when the Da Vinci Code came out. Like I'm like nine. I don't know what the fuck the Da Vinci Code is. I don't give a hot shit either. Um, but she gave me the Da Vinci Code, like the Dan Brown uh, uh, conspiracy mm-hmm. or something was. It was a little paperback book of just like I was talking earlier, like Dale Gribble shit, just mm-hmm. like the da Vinci code is the d- Dan Brown's using the apocrypha to make these libelous claims about Jesus. And that's why if you read any of this or you watch this movie, God considers it heresy and blasphemy type shit. She <laughs> just gave this to this eight year old kid. Cause I had been reading Harry Potter mm-hmm. and I, and look, <laughs> I like decided cause the preacher would bore my little ass to tears and <laughs> i remember deciding i was like angie can i take a book to church and she was like yeah sure see where that gets you I like she was just fucking with me and i really wish she had just been like no yeah. you can't take a book to church <laughs> like but she was like i'll let them eat you alive for this and so of all things i decided to take to church i decided to take like the second harry potter book to church to this church mm-hmm. they flipped the fuck out man like it, like, it, honestly, that that's what can be said for the pastor. The pastor was like, it's, it's a fucking kid, y'all.
1: This is eight-year-old you?
0: This is, I was the, this was about a year, a seven-year-old me when I brought the Harry Potter book to church that would prompt them to give me the Dan Brown conspiracy or whatever. But, yeah, they all flip shit because it's a book about witchcraft and shit, so they were all worried about my soul. So she had to make sure that, because I, I guess Harry Potter and the Da Vinci Code are like adjacent books for Pentecostal Christians,
1: I didn't know that about the Da Vinci Code. There was yeah. a lot of hysteria around Harry Potter when it came out, yeah. among like the evangelical crowd. Like they lost their shit.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They're like, "Yep, J.K. Rowling's coming, and she's gonna she's gonna turn your kids into witches. She's gonna turn your kids into witches. They're gonna be talking to goats. They're gonna be drinking blood. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's what it was
0: like." Yeah, yeah, yeah. They really did. Like, I mean. Hopefully, the outrage was mostly focused around me being that disrespectful. Uh-huh. Like, especially to the preacher, hopefully. But some of it was definitely also focused on the material of the book, which should have been a secondary concern, in my opinion. I, I don't know how it a big deal the Da Vinci Code thing was for, like, other people. But in the Church of God of Prophecy, at least mine, in McMinnville, Tennessee, it caused a little bit of a stir.
1: Yeah. You um so you 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 must have taken the music thing pretty far after middle school because you you ended up studying music at Belmont. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I ended up in like the marching band and stuff, and like my arc has been kind of like, excuse me, all over the place musically. Like I used to want to be like straight up like a jazz saxophone player, like Kamazi Washington style, and mm-hmm. I was like, well, that doesn't get the that doesn't make you the <laughs> any money, <laughs> like you know. Mm-hmm. And I'd always like ridden, well, at least since around the seventh grade, I had ridden songs and I was just like. It was like a hard road to hell, you know, like when you set out to like make art, Mm -hmm. you know, you kind of end up in that place of like, how do you how do I do it? So you literally just like emulate something that you, you know, and with music, it's not as easy as like. This, if you don't have like sheet music or something, it's not just like looking at a painting and trying to like paint that painting. with mm-hmm. similar hurdles or something and stuff, but like it, I feel like trying to like write songs was always different for me. Like I used to want to be a comic book artist when I was a little kid,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I feel like that was always a different thing when I was trying to like reproduce the sounds I was hearing. You know, it felt viscerally different. and I feel like trying to write a song was always this like harder road to hoe, but I'd always done that for a second, and eventually I kind of came around like. And where I ended up going to Belmont and majoring in music business was because I wanted to be. I would try to get into the songwriting program. Oh. I'd, I'd had it in my mind I was going to be like. <laughs> maybe not John Mayer, but like the dude who wrote songs for John Mayer.
1: Wait, John Mayer ain't writing them songs? And like, if that's not the case, that doesn't surprise he me. He
0: writes them, but he has co writers like everybody else. Oh, so, you know, mm-hmm. he writes a lot of them, but I was just like, that was sort of like. Cause I'm sort of like one of my running jokes is that everybody at Belmont was wanting to be John Mayer, or Taylor Swift. Yeah, I can imagine. I can see that. And so it's kind of just like the the, the, the cultural point of reference. Cause I was like, yeah, I could be like, I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. Like I could be a singer. I was like, no, you can't be a singer, dude. <laughs> like, but the songwriter thing was like also. I was like, I wanted to be a singer songwriter. I was really into Damien Rice in high school. Mm-hmm. So I was coming off of that. I don't know what the fuck was wrong with me in retrospect on that one. Um, <laughs> no shade if you, if you still enjoy Damien Rice you know when I, I still uh, like little nine crimes when I want to have like a white girl cry um, <laughs> but uh, that's what got me into the music business program was Belmont being like dude these songs are weird and your voice is gross three times like did my song write Um d- n- no well yes in so many words I was definitely told these songs are unconventional and not like commercial and also tom waits is your favorite songwriter dude why are you applying for this program like Uh, (laughs) i was like oh word (laughs) like you're gonna be (laughs) i was like okay i mean fair enough um (laughs) but uh yeah so i settled for music business okay with the production emphasis that's kind of where the audio nerd and stuff was coming out coming from before because i kind of I kind of wanted to be an AET when I got into my production classes, but I wasn't about to, like, spend the money to go back <laughs> and spend any more time at Belmont because I didn't have it. So
1: Belmont is expensive. Made the best of it. Yeah. At this point, had you played in, like, a, a band band? Not, you know, you obviously you did a little bit of – you stuck your foot in the water with church, and then you had uh, you'd done the marching band, but had you ever played with anybody like Brain Tapes or, like, the Big Dumb? <laughs>
0: not really actually i had done a lot of like playing with like contemporary christian bands because when i got to the point where i started playing guitars i started like going around to the other churches like especially the popular kid churches because all the white kids in town went to like first baptist was what our baptist church was called in Minville, in yeah or the first church of christ or whatever that church of christ is called over downtown y'all know what i'm talking about Minville people <laughs> um but uh, that's where all the white kids would go to church. And there was one called Pioneer because um, I knew a guy that I'm not even going to bring up in case he knocks on the door like, what's up, Steven? <laughs> but uh, I would go around to all these churches, I'm sorry, uh, and play just because I wanted to get to play. So I kind of got like some rock grand experience there, if you want to call it that. Plan like. You know what I'm talking about. Like, like um, G well, suspended and C suspended chords for fucking 30 minutes. Yeah, that's
1: like know, its whole, there, there's a whole like theory language when it comes to like contemporary Christian yeah, music. Yeah,
0: it's the most generic ass stuff, man. Like it, it really made me appreciate the gospel I came up with yeah, <laughs> at it, that Pentecostal church because I was like, oh yeah, this stuff's way more fucking exciting, even if sometimes it can be as simple even, even though like white folks have a hard time with I mean, it's totally a rhythm thing. Yeah. But, uh, like, <laughs> with the rhythms that end up laid down in gospel. But uh, sometimes it's three chords, too, and the people kind of don't wrap their mind around that. It's just, like, the way that those three chords are arranged. Uh, well, what was the question?
1: I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, we do. We're just shooting the shit. <laughs> so this is So this is something that's interesting to me. This, first of all, I, 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 there can't be that many Tom Waits fans in McMinnville. Or maybe yeah, there are. Not really. But you also mentioned that you kind of wanted to be like Kamazi Washington. Now how is how how does somebody who grows up in Minville get into both Kamazi Washington and Tom Waits?
0: Super weird. Um I like uh <laughs> that's a good question. I've never really been a person who's like been good at like I remember I used to watch the Powerpuff Girls. And I went to school and I told all the little boys I watched. Well, this is when I got to McMinnville, to be fair. I grew up a little bit in Nashville, like until the second grade. And then, like, my crackhead ass parents got done exploding their relationship and stuff. So I ended up in McMoonville. And uh, that's when I was told the Powerpuff Girls is a boys' show i never really picked huh? up stuff apparently wait a minute i think for little rednecks i think it's not important to get into the any actual rationale because there was none i mean like <laughs> let's just be real here um it was just like straight up just like toxic masculinity at its that it's at its like most distilled rebel flagginess um in that place like just like you know, little boys can't watch shows about little girls that's fucked up somehow i'm not sure how what it is um and I was like, "Huh." Eh? And I just, I've never really been good at seeing like things in like terms of like genre or anything like. Okay. Especially with music, I've always just been like, "These are the same." I think it might actually have been trying to play at such a young age and just being like, "Well, there are only this many notes, and did, did they go together so many ways?" Like, that is true. Um, I don't really know, like.
1: But the initial exposure especially to tom especially to be like in middle school in time did tom waits in- i didn't
0: get into tom waits until like the 10th grade okay so that's that was a later thing like that's that's why I like the singer songwriter phase comes after my jazz phase okay because i got into the stuff like because before i even landed on kamazi it was i was listening to like i mean i went through like a hard bop phase okay in the seventh and eighth grade because i just did somehow i discovered charlie parker and dizzy gillespie and just like that just kind of crawled inside of me for a second and like i don't even really like that stuff as much now but that was a kick i was on like if that was like why i'd pick saxophone over trumpet was mm-hmm. because i was like charlie parker's obviously the better choice at the time if i was gonna pick two people out of the like the, that particular era of jazz. Is it, um, is it
1: her name, is, Angie is, what mm-hmm. you've been calling her, she's into these records? Because you, you mentioned that you didn't have she's, internet.
0: She had these <coughs> records, a lot of the stuff that's laying around. The okay. house I grew up in was like the family house when she came up. So, like, the records that her mom and, like, her older brothers, there were six of them, and her oldest, br- oldest, oldest brothers were grown by the time she was just getting into, like, high school and stuff and moved out of the house. So she had some brothers uh, were closer to her side who were like her baby brothers that she was older than mm-hmm. that were like in the house. And all of their records from being a teenager, a lot of them, especially like their cassettes and stuff, were still in the house. So, uh... <laughs> That's I was about to bring up Boney James. I got into Boney James, who's this white jazz saxophonist. I don't even know like who that is. Fusion like acid jazz stuff, like pretty kind of cheesy sometimes, but sometimes pretty fucking rad. <laughs> like and I didn't even know he was white for the <laughs> longest time. I found out he was white recently, but he was one of my favorite sax players for a hot second just cuz he had there's some Boney James tapes that I think belonged to you, Uncle Keith laying around. <laughs> uh uh Cause maybe those belong to Earl. I don't know. I'm, I don't think Earl. Oh, that's. You know,
1: no. What is Earl to you?
0: Earl is one of my. Is the, the or Keith and Earl are the baby uncles of Miami. Those
1: are such Keith. uncle names, right? Keith that, and Earl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially Keith. Yeah. Um. Earl, Earl is my grandfather's name. That's what like he was okay. colloquially known as. Um. He was like the. And I mean, like my, my parents wouldn't be upset. But with But was his it names. his real name? His, his real name was, if I'm not mistaken, it was Edward, Edward okay. Earl. Or I could be totally okay. wrong about that.
0: But it, it was actually his middle name. Yeah. There's this thing in my that my family does where we just call people, like, not their fucking name. Like, my little sister is, like, the anointed Jackie now of the family, even mm-hmm. though neither of her names is Jackie. So, do you, is Steven your real name? Do you have a nickname? I'm, that's my first name. But my oldest uncle in this pantheon, of the aunt's uncle is his uncle Steve, so they called me Nicholas growing up.
1: Oh, okay, okay.
0: Uncle Earl used to be Uncle Nick, but there's a whole story about how that's not the name on his birth certificate even though his mom's led to believe it's the name on his birth certificate because there was a dispute about his name between my great-grandmother and my great-grandfather. Okay. Uh so he's Earl now cuz his legal name's Earl.
1: So <laughs> you um out. at this but point I grew up Nicholas. Okay. When did you start going by Stephen then?
0: I started going by Stephen just like to white folks. Like when I got oh. to school I was like th- this really shy oh. thing. Um, when I got to school, I was like, I don't know if it's okay to go by Nicholas, so I got to go by Stephen, I Wh- guess. Why would it not be okay? I have no idea. I was five. <laughs> and I just, like, never undid that. Uh-huh. So, like, I'm Nicholas at home and Stephen to, like, almost everybody else. And there's been times in my life, like, when I went to college, I was like, should I just, like, undo it? And it's just, like, never been something It felt more right just to try to kind of reclaim the process. That's why I have like both of them on my Facebook, you know? It's just like, I might as well just be Stephen Nicholas, I guess, you know? I was like, why not? Like, because they're (laughs) both of them are like. I have a love-hate relationship with my name. I feel like it's like the widest possible name I could have gotten. Like I've totally gotten like phone calls for job interviews off my name, and then been like, "Wait a minute! Holy shit, this dude is black." Like, they know, said, like, "Oh
1: shit, we fucked up. Yeah. We gotta go like, back."
0: And I don't get those jobs because you, you see it scroll across their forehead when you walk in, especially if my hair is out, and it's just like, "Ah oh, shit!" Like, it's like you know. Like, you said that you were five when mm-hmm. you felt
1: like you had to make that decision. Mm-hmm. So you that that this is obviously something you've been thinking about for a long time. What is it like, um, obviously, you've grown up in close proximity to a lot of white people. Um, So how has this entire thing been, like, for you, considering that white folks have, like, found religion on race seemingly overnight?
0: Being raised by black people, I feel like I might have a very, like, I mean, just, like... And I... Dude, I don't know, dude. I'm sort of, like... Oh, really, y'all? Now? Now? Really? We're we're here? We're down now? Like, this is now? I mean, you guys, like, I mean, because I remember, because, I mean, in 2014, how old are you, Solomon? I'm 26. Okay, so in 2014, you were only, I mean, yeah, you were about as young as I was, really, when that ha- when all that shit went down. Well, that was
1: Mike Brown in 2014.
0: Yeah, uh-huh. and the same week that, you know, guy, like, a few days before, like Dave Chappelle said in a special day, John Crawford got shot. In that Ohio Walmart with a BB gun and right. like all of that stuff had been landing on me, as you know, a freshly eighteen year old brown dude, you know, like yeah, pretty pretty hard, um, especially like, I mean, Michael Crawford. there's was another guy named Darian Hunt who was like cosplaying, you know, It's was mm-hmm. just like fucking. We're not, we can't do shit, man, you know, like, yeah, I'd had a couple pretty negative encounters with police that summer mm-hmm. of twenty fourteen. <laughs> One time, in outside of Jackson City, the only time I've ever had like a gun pulled on me by police officers is like when like it was me and my white girlfriend driving, and we were surrounded mm-hmm. by police like from three different counties because we were on this county line, mm-hmm. like a couple sheriffs, and it was just like, you know, <sighs> like what the, because <laughs> I I've never had I've have a pretty short fuse. Do and, you? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't have guessed. Uh, I've worked on it a long time. <laughs> um, but, you know, I mean, i would gotten the same talk that I imagine every black dude's gotten because I was raised by my black family and then I never had anything to do with like my white daddy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, the person I alluded to earlier was my stepdad that yeah. my mom was with actually for, and only a stepdad for a period of time. My family history is a little weird. Um, but I was like, man, what the fuck are we doing here? Like, there's four fucking cops just because, like, riding as a passenger while black. Like, they, I was like, what? I kidnapped her? Mm-hmm. Y'all, you know, like, what the fuck is this? And, like, it was all I could do. And then, you know, the guy's got his gun fucking out. And in my, like, I'm rolling the window down on the passenger side of this motherfucker with his gun in my face, you mm-hmm. know? And I don't think, I don't think, like, I'm pretty sure, like, that that white girl was a was a cop's kid. Oh, was I don't she? know that anything. I'm just, and he was a real racist motherfucker. And I know that it crossed her mind, but I don't think she was ready for that. And it was like a very I don't know. I feel like I need to be like it was a very soft gun in my face. Like he wasn't. I don't <laughs> he didn't know. Have dude. it directly in my face. A gun. You, but but like, it was like why the fuck up is the gun? Out? Why is it drawn? yeah you know and, and i'm never gonna forget that and i feel like i feel like i need to say that because you know i spent a long time i spent like 30 minutes and I, like in alan's podcast in the live from nashville like talking about like light skin privilege and not calling it that and like i haven't listened to myself talk about it. i'm like god damn it i should just like because i kind of like didn't believe into it until i listened believe it believe in it until i listened to myself talk about it for 30 minutes and you you like,
1: you didn't believe in it until you heard yourself talking about it. Yeah.
0: Okay. Because I could recognize things about it that I've benefited from, but because the whole situation's fucked, I don't want to call it privilege because it's not like it's not like a oh. it's not like white privilege in that like I can like always consistently benefit easily. Like I can opt out if I run my mouth. Like I've seen that happen. <laughs> you can wave your yeah. yeah. And. Because I don't pass either, so right. there's like it's not like I get to do that. Um, but there is like white people will say slick shit to me, and that's what I'll call it. White people will say slick shit to me all the time because they're comfy with me, and but that is a level of privilege, and it does kind of bear like my patience with white people that I do have that's running pretty goddamn short lately. Uh, is is kind of because I've gotten these points of view from white people that i know they wouldn't be comfortable saying like you Mm -hmm. for example um
1: that that word privilege has gotten so so popular over the past decade and i I don't say that begrudgingly i think it's Mm -hmm. an important thing to talk about but like just like you were saying like you or me or dave Chappelle or whoever we've been thinking about this to some degree our entire lives. Yeah. but it really like came into the national consciousness when George Zimmerman killed Trayvon Martin was like mm-hmm. we we really got heavy into these conversations. Up until now there's always that was in
0: 2013, right? 2012. Still, 2012,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And then there the thing there are always two waves to these things. There's the initial thing cuz like with George Floyd, we still got a whole trial to get get through. Um it, but that's it was the same way with Trayvon mm-hmm. Martin. It was like there was yeah. the initial debate there was the arrest, the indictment, yada, yada, yada. Then there was the trial and all the shit came back again. But
2: <clears throat>
1: historically, the way that these things have gone as it relates to either police or vigilante violence against black folks has always been this 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 defensive thing from black people, I mean, from white people, excuse me, to where it's like, okay, well, why didn't he do this? Or why didn't he do that? Or, you know, the police are here to protect us. And obviously you still got those voices to some degree, but not to the degree that I remember. It seems like... Everybody is, like, you know, trying to do whatever it is that they think they need to do to to, to, to speak out against it. Yeah. And you're also seeing this trend to where it's, like, all of these establishment entities, whether they be billionaires or banks or Netflix, where it's, like... You know, we stand together with you, and we're going to give you Juneteenth off, and we're going to take all the flags down, and this, that, and the other. Um, <laughs> Who's
0: giving people Juneteenth off? I'll work for them. dude.
1: Twi- oh, so, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say the company that I work for. The company that I work for gave us Juneteenth off. It is a company <laughs> holiday. Um, okay. Twitter. Jack Dorsey and Twitter did it first. He gave all the Twitter employees Juneteenth off. Okay. Um, <laughs> and it's one of like, I, I, I guarantee two thirds of white people had never heard of Juneteenth. No. Until this past week, it was
0: more than two thirds, dude.
1: What do you think? Eighty percent,
0: ninety five. I think the five percent's all the white girls I've dated. <laughs>
1: yeah, so you're <laughs> like giving people. It, it, it. We'll tell you what. If you're, why don't you tell us a little bit about the history of Juneteenth for the people that don't know? Which, if you're listening to this, you probably don't.
0: <laughs> yeah, Juneteenth is like the formal celebration of like emancipation and that date is only because a lot of people are like, well, that's not like people be like, well, Abraham Lincoln signed the emancipation proclamation, whatever the fuck he signed that shit. Mm-hmm. Well, that didn't really like people didn't recognize it that day. The date that Juneteenth is the 19th this year. I think it's, it's the 19th. I think it moves around it's <laughs> it,
1: a little bit. It's been the 18th. It's been the yeah.
0: 17th. Um, it's the day that like Texas liberated its slaves mm-hmm. a couple years later because it was texas long story short uh but uh i mean that's basically it yeah i mean and it's just something that not a lot of white people i have know about because i mean we get the disney channel version of history and disney Disney channel version of history doesn't want to mention that it took until like 1869 for texas to formally yeah. release slaves you know it, mississippi is another thing you know you know
1: mississippi like never did it until, like, this, yeah. one, I think they did it, like, officially in, like, 2009. Mm-hmm. Um, they were the last state to ratify the 13th Amendment. Yeah. And when I say the last state, they did it, like...
0: no, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of places didn't desegregate, like, their proms and shit if they didn't have to. Like, I mentioned that
1: on the other podcast. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: Forest City. Shouts.
1: So how are you feeling about all this now? Like, do you, are, are you feeling hopeful? Are you feeling cynical? Are you feeling...
0: I guess to I'm going to an- guess to answer your question about the way like I'm grateful, don't get me wrong, about white people showing up, but I do have this like natural wariness and skepticism. I feel like because a lot of it is just like I'm actually working on like a diss track today cuz this white lady that I know released this song about like how much like fuck Donald Trump. That she's had, she's been sitting on because I'm used to playing her band, but she's been sitting on for like two and a half years, and she just now released it. And she's like, "I'm donating the profits to such and such," and it's just like, "Fuck you, man." Honestly, like, like I, like I, like I'm glad for solidarity, but the performative bullshit, especially from white women, I, it's just like, dude, just like I, yes, so Black f- Lives Matter, but like y'all, like y'all.
1: Where for you personally, because really like, for everybody, it's different. Where are you drawing the distinction for what is what is what is solidarity and what is performative?
0: I mean, it's all solidarity, but I mean, you still have to start asking questions. When people start raking in paychecks, and they're not showing you the tax returns. Mm. That's just like I'm just a general like I, I will tell you right now, like tear down capitalism. You know, I'm a big ass crazy liberal socialist. So like. I begin to ask questions any time people start trying to monetarily benefit from this kind of stuff. Yeah, no, and, I, um... And I guess I sort of, like, I don't know, white people get really pissy about me about that. You're black, so you get to make art. And it's like, well, everything I do is inherently political, so, like, I don't, you know, fuck you, honestly.
1: This <laughs> like, is, like, the thing about this moment is that, on one hand, I, I, I think that we, for better or for worse, I think that you are going to start seeing some changes. mm over the ne- over the course of the next decade, the flip side of that is revolution. Ironically, in a capitalist society, is very very profitable because mm-hmm. it's the cool thing to do, at least up to a point. Yeah. Um, and I think that corporations understand that. I think that a lot of media figures understand that.
0: Well, that's the trick to taking the teeth out of a revolution is that you commodify it.
1: Right. Except this is all happening at a time where. Like, cause like you know, pe- pe- people people like having their comforts that capitalism provides. Don't get me wrong, mm. but people are also stressed the fuck out, and people aren't as stupid as is 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 people mainly, you know, higher ups, people who are wealthy, people who are powerful, like to think that they are. Because um, I, so. I don't know, dude. Like I, because like I think like even 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 before they killed George Floyd, we were going into this whole thing to where. We'd had the pandemic. Everybody lost their jobs. Mm. Um, and I between. Mean,
0: what happened to Ahmaud Arbery <clears throat> was basically like the same week, wasn't it? Or the right same. I think maybe
1: one or two weeks. Well, he. That's just George Zimmerman 2.0. They killed him in February.
2: Oh, right. They They, they shot him to life. Yeah,
1: they shot him. No, they shot him in February, and the police were like. Yep. If they if they if they said that this was a citizen's arrest, they must be telling the truth. Everything's fine. The craziest thing about that fucking story. The dude that was behind the the two guys that shot him, he was riding with them in that car to videotape it for whatever fucking reason. He released that video because apparently people in the town were saying, no, y'all killed him. He released that video because he thought it was going to exonerate them. He released that video. I was like, "Yeah, this will prove that that they were doing the right what? thing." <laughs> but the, the crazy thing about it, they, they 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 would not have indicted them if not for that video. Uh, they were gonna say, no. "Okay, yeah." No, that was some wild shit. I but no, <laughs> no, he the, the the only the only reason those guys got indicted is because whoever the fuck he was was like, I'm going to prove to everybody that we were in the right when we shot him with this video. And that speaks volumes. Yeah. It speaks volumes. Cause they were, they, 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 they in, in their mind, I, they, they thought that they were maintaining the racial hierarchy. They thought that they, 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 they were maintaining the social order of the South. No, they were on some bullshit. <laughs>
0: um but (laughs) god damn it the what (laughs) i love it when white supremacists are like hell it's like that quentin tarantino see like i can't even see through this goddamn hood like this is like yeah you guys are supreme as
2: fuck right now (laughs) and it's
1: i i think i i I think
2: (laughs) there
1: there is a dark comedy in how comfortable they were with doing what they did videotaping it and thinking that the videotape was going to exonerate them oh yeah
0: that's i mean it's ironic as shit i've seen so much <clears throat> racist shit lately just in like the comments on facebook from people talking about the white protesters and you know being on their side and being like oh now these black lives matter motherfuckers go fuck home it's like wait you we get we can't have it both fucking ways you know there's the yeah. irony in that is equally hilarious to me and i find similar
1: what did actually happen the same week, I think the day before the video of George Floyd came out, so I'm assuming that this these must have been happening on the same day was an Amy Cooper video um where homegirl wanted to call the police on the dog wa- the, the I'm sorry, the bird watcher mm-hmm. because he told her to put the dog on the leash.
0: I've been fucking Amy Cooper so many times, dude. Here in Nashville? Not in Nashville, I'm McMinnville. <laughs> McMinnville like and never never that directly just like people look, looking out their windows like oh i'm going to call the cops and suspicious activity you know and every time like you know i have to get like rescued by a white person i know because i'm just like standing on the side of the road waiting on the cops to decide that like my record looks clean enough because literally every time i get my id ran they're like oh there's nothing coming up and they come and they're like are you sure this is you mhm every fucking time you know yeah and it's like yeah, that's my ID. Yeah, that's why that light brown nigga on that ID looks just fucking like me. Hmm. Because it's me, and that's the state of... ten. Yes. You know, it's like, I'm sorry there's nothing coming up on my fucking record, you fucking dick. <laughs> like, you know, like...
1: Yeah, you uh, said something but, on on, uh, on Alan and Jesse's podcast to where they... I think this might have been the same time that you they pulled the gun on you and your girlfriend. Hmm. They ran your license, and then they said that... Um, they said are you sure this is you you don't have a record' mm-hmm. it was like
0: that was that was one of the citizens calling and calling in it being suspicious activity for me standing in a front yard with a white friend of mine mm-hmm. that was that was the situation I think this shit blurs together for me if I've remembered specific details I'd be way too angry okay like I have to like it's sort of it's maybe it's a terrible coping mechanism but it's like how I handle trauma I mean, <laughs> I like kind of like dissociate from it. Sometimes when, I get the details a little fuzzy.
1: When it comes to trauma on like a on the societal level, I don't know if there is a right way to process all of it. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, it's like one of these things where everybody's talking about the looting and the rioting, quote unquote. Um, I mean, you know, when it really comes down to it, what do you expect people to do?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, we we we've been through this same movie over a dozen times we do this almost we, we do this like every six months yeah. to varying degrees we do this every six months right. and it's happening at a time where people have, have, have lost work people have been in the house all the big corporations have gotten bailouts and decided to still help lay, lay people off <laughs> you're creating a recipe for that kind of violence mm-hmm. and then you're saying okay well like yeah but you can't act like that though and i'm like
0: I've seen worse riots after the Seahawks won a game. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like what the fuck is this? Like like Dave Chappelle said today, they're not really riots though. Yeah. Like you like at least until... And it's the exact same thing that happened. And I'm hit, like... it's like, like Yeah, you're talking about we're hitting on the same beats. We're hitting the same beats. We hit 50 fucking... Well, I guess 70 years ago. I mean, since, you know? since the beginning. Yeah. S- like s- since the beginning. When they marched from Selma to fucking Birmingham, when the sun went down, they started beating on them fucking niggas. Yeah. You know? And then it was a riot. You know? And it's the exact same shit we're seeing now.
1: I had a colleague... um, that, You know, as everybody's doing, they're giving their thoughts on what's mm-hmm. happening and whatnot. She was talking about how she was you know and this is, this is a white woman she was talking about how she was explaining it to her kids and one of her kids was saying that um you know is this going to be just like the civil rights movement and she said that she turned to her daughter and said i hope so and i thought about that and i'm like i feel like and when you think about the sanitized version of the civil rights movement that's very very easy to say mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the same,
0: that's very sanitized. Yeah. Cause like it, I hope it, so. You hope Fred Hampton gets you, shot. You hope somebody gets shot in their house again. You we, hope somebody's <laughs> like, we do such a
1: bad job and like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not an educator. I don't know how, at what age you start teaching this sort of thing to children, but the same civil rights movement that we, you know, we, we idealize is the same one where they blew up the 16th street Baptist church and killed four, four, four girls like ages like nine to 14 um, it's the same one where they killed those civil rights workers during Freedom Summer in Mississippi. I was reading about that. When the the, the, the cops and the clan hid their bodies off in like this earthen dam. They hauled the FBI to come and find them. They were they were combing the river, like looking for the bodies. They found eight people they were previously unidentified. They were just been like tossed in there. They'd been killed by the Klan for like trying to register to vote. It was not a fun time. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like it was like, okay, civil rights movement, like Dr. King, pulled it up. Rosa Parks did her thing. March on Washington. Boom. Civil rights bill.
0: Then the last racist was the guy that shot Dr. King. Did you know? And then
1: everybody just woke the fuck up after that. (laughs) No. Yeah. Um, And those
0: people (laughs) aren't your fucking grandparents, Karen. So yeah. it's, you know, for, for,
1: for people like, oh, it this would be like, I don't know. Is that something that people are really ready for to do it? Because it, because, it, because you, you, you've you seen the lengths that people are willing to go to to stop progress from happening. And I, I feel like the way that we imagine it is, oh, cool. Yeah, we're going to do this and it's totally going to be fine. It's going to be all the Instagram stories. It's going to be great. There's not going to be some terrible shit that we see while we try to figure it out.
0: I think we're about to f- Figure out if these white folks who've been going, and it looks like they are. I think, but I think it's like because this shit's not getting any easier. I don't think it's like the ones who keep marching with us and keep taking fucking rubber bullets and shit um, and getting tear gas are the ones that are like you know really in it. You know, I think because I think there are white people who've. I mean, I I've seen them come out to Jesus Christ in Warren County Woodward, you know, and it's just like, word, you're you're down because I know your mama hates that shit, you mm. know, like, and they're they're definitely like, seemingly as shocked and appalled as you know anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, I do have like this derision for the like white people just being like, Oh shit, this shit is terrible. Especially when cops will just indiscriminately shoot a white dude if they really feel like it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like, what the fuck y'all like, you know, it's like, what do you guys just don't pay attention and you don't care Mm -hmm. because white people benefit from a police state, you know, it's what white privilege is, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think that uh, it's definitely not going to get any prettier. And I think I'm not sure if, if white people are really as down as they say they are. Um, But I do know that, like, everybody, my skin tone or darker is pretty tired of the shit. I know I am, man. I've I've just, like, I can't. I've been bad my whole life at being the type of brown dude who, like, just lets white people say slick shit.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. It's not my thing. Mm -hmm. I don't like... A lot of people seem to think I do like it too, but and I've kind of realized why that is lately. And kind of feel it. It's like you can try not to be the token and still be the token type shit. But Mm -hmm. not to get into that too much. But uh, like I still have never. I mean, the the person like I've I've gotten blacklisted in this town for being too as
1: as a musician. Oh yeah,
0: I just got kicked out of a couple of a band and an organization for being uppity and black. Um, are you gonna name names oh no no, (laughs) no, um we're not gonna do that because uh i mean it's uh, we're not gonna do that because i'm not going to jail okay as anybody steps to me i'm going to jail right now (laughs) like (laughs) but uh um when you because like the the the
1: the people that the only people that i've really known you to play with are brain tape that's uh, griffin Mm -hmm. and drew and lucy and
0: I was doing the rounds, like, as a bass player, really. I was doing the freelance thing for a minute. I was doing pretty good for a second, and right. that, that y- kind of, like, y- kind of started it downhill, that particular blacklisting situation, and part of it's just because it fucked with my attitude heavy, you yeah. Know, it was about it. It's just like, why am I, you know, I but anyway.
1: I didn't, because I, until we talked on the phone, I guess that mm-hmm. last week, I didn't know that you, you, I guess you had been doing, like, Broadway gigs and stuff, mm-hmm. too?
0: I've been doing a lot of those in like 2018, 2019.
1: Because that that I imagine that such and granted, don't get me wrong. Air culture is something else. Yeah, yeah. That that's that's exactly what I was getting at. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So what what's that like? Because I, I I don't go down. Well, fuck. Nobody goes down there anymore. Hell, apparently the the, the owners of those bars are bitching about the protests.
0: Mm-hmm. Fuck every single one of those <laughs> bar owners who are bitching about that. They can suck it.
1: Um, but um. I, I don't go down there, but on the the occasions that I've been down there, you hardly ever 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 see black musicians down there. Um. So how did you how did you get your foot into like playing down on Broadway, and why did you want to do it? I'm not saying you shouldn't have wanted to do white it. I'm just
0: and it, privilege. You know, just, I know a lot of white people. Did people come
1: up to you and they were like, "Hey, I know you play bass. Bands. Come play Florida Georgia Line like songs with me." Is that how it was? It's
0: like I've totally just <laughs> <laughs> like. So, so Griffin is like my Griffin. Win everybody. Shout is out to Griffin. Yeah, good dude. He's like my Minville homeboy. He's like okay. <laughs> there's this guy named Ralph Honeycutt who was with me with one of the suspicious activity. He's my other Minville homeboy, but like Griffin came with me out here, you know. Griffin's, you know, we were wearing bands together and stuff. You yeah. Know? So it's it's Griffin and Ralph, but uh, Griffin uh. Griffin's been, like, he's the dude who, like, introduced me to Tom Waits. He's the dude who introduced me to, like, country music in general. I was like, there's country music that isn't total, like, redneck bullshit, Stephen. Like, I know that this might be a sensitive topic for you, but <laughs> try, like, Guy <laughs> Clark and stuff. I was like, oh, yeah, Guy Clark and Steve Earl are cool. You know, and, like, he kind of started me on this, like, particular country kick that's lasted a long time. Because I am kind of a fucking hick. I mean, I can't, kind of, really can't hide it. Uh But,
1: uh. Uh, McMenville will do that to a person, it feels like. Yeah. Yeah.
0: um, I mean, I grew up, like, half the backyard was a fucking garden. I didn't, I grew up in the city limits, and I didn't grow up on a farm, per se, but my Aunt Mag had chickens and shit, so, like, I have, like, that very, like, agricultural background thing going on. I'm just, like, painfully country. Um, But, uh... So but Griffin I, Griffin is the link for that, and I, you know, I'd been playing like the band I got blacklisted from was like an Americana outfit. I've been doing that scene around here because mm. that's like what Griffin does, and the Big Dumb is ostensibly that kind of band, you know, like an Americana rock band, you know. Yeah, like when we're, that's what we tell people, right? Um, so I think. That's just because I was surrounded by all those people in that scene. A lot of them have Broadway side gigs, so I slid in that. Do they really? Yeah, because that's what makes sense for them to do is like to do the stuff they came up on. Now, in some <laughs> respects, that's surprising that was one thing to me. That was weird for me about it was like I've never listened to Brooks and Dunn, and I was getting like shit from this drummer, and I was just like, man, I fucking I don't know like and who even gives a fuck about the bass part on the Chain by Fleetwood Mac? Nobody. That's who. <laughs> like you know, nobody but you, man. Like anyway. Um. Americana not was
1: I had no exposure to like that as a thing or a world until I moved here Mm -hmm. um and it's always been interesting to me that's kind of like Americana is like that realm of music where it's like okay well we want to make stuff that kind of sounds like country without the 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 negative political baggage that also comes with country music basically hi (laughs) it's okay um but um I I hate it a lot my roommate is making a feature um yeah, it's totally it's totally fine. I'm gonna cut it up later anyway. Um, <laughs> but um, the the yeah, it, it's it's kind of like yeah. Well, we you know we like the culture like American roots music. We don't like the politics that's associated with the establishment country. Mm. Um, and you would think you know because a lot of those people do espouse more progressive values, but you end up getting blacklisted from Amy an American event. Ba- yeah, no, it's, it's 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 the Amy Cooper effect exactly. Like I will cheers you to that. Yeah, because um, yeah, it, it, it's it's like. It, it's 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 convenient to have to 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 signal all of the right, you know, cultural elements until it's no longer yeah. convenient for you, or until somebody somebody makes you uncomfortable.
0: And kind of to the politics that exist even within yeehaw music, man, like the the fucking country bands I was playing with on Broadway were like the outlaw bands like I was in bands playing Florida Georgia there was one actually <laughs> shout out to Angelica Robinson uh she's she's sweet as hell um good singer I think she's doing she was doing this thing called Bonnie and you know I hope you guys get to do that soon again and we'll see right uh but uh I when I was playing with her we were doing like pop stuff and that kind of made sense because she's like she's She's a beautiful, blonde, white girl. Mm-hmm. So, like, she would just kind of... We would do the Taylor Swift thing, and then we'd do Havana. Oh. Like, <laughs> I could do that. You know, so I think that was why I was, like, just a musical boon, because it was, like, if she needed to do Dolly Parton, I knew how to do 9 to 5 and do it well. Uh-huh. <laughs> but also I could you know I loved it when she was like let's play crazy I was like, hell yeah, you know I, I would I have this like I have a Ottawa and it was like the one time i ever used that on Broadway was mm-hmm. to do like synth based stuff you know on the the cool songs she wanted to do basically yeah <laughs> uh but uh that was the one time where it was like me being the token black bass player sort of actually made sense in a lot of ways. Um, but the rest of the time, it's like you know, in bands where they're playing like a lot of Waylon and stuff like that. So it's more of like the straight up Almond Brothers type thing where it's like, look, we got a black drummer. Well, I mean, he was he was their buddy, but yeah, <laughs> it is a little bit more of like that's the type of politics of the country band, and those were the country bands I was in on Broadway. I was never in, thank God. I mean, I wouldn't have made it because they wouldn't have hired me probably on site, but I was never in, like, they're totally, like, Trumper Broadway bands. Yeah. You know, they're out there doing the Boot Scoop Boogie and also, like, when MAGA hats and some of my light-skinned, like, I've got this light-skinned Jewish friend mm-hmm. who plays fiddle, and she's ended up in those bands because, like, white people don't know what they're looking at, when they're looking at her, they think she's, like, Native American and shit. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> <And> so she's... <laughs> She's ended up in those bands and I got speed. Like, man, I, I you know, because I just like automatically am getting screened out of the Magal hat wearing motherfucker bands and I'm okay with that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, even within that sphere, it's, you know, the politics is weird and so those are the bands I ended up in and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a weird space. It's a weird space being that dude on Broadway. Mostly it's just like you kind of, you feel your exoticness a lot more than I usually do, you know, yeah. and it's like you got... I mean, I, I feel like if it was, I mean, like I'm pretty, honestly, that's always been part of my light skin privilege. You're a nice looking man. Yeah, and white girls will just get, like, really, that's the thing that bothers me is they get super fucking handsy, especially when they're drunk. And it's like, bitch, don't touch my hair. Haven't you heard Solange? Like, I'm going to slap the fucking taste out of your if mouth. If you're playing man. on Broadway, they probably haven't heard Solange. Yes, they haven't. And that's, the, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> <But> <laughs> they I, probably yeah, haven't. Uh, but, like, I remember one time I was doing this set, and this white woman in a bachelorette party just, like, grabbed my beer and just, like, drank out of it. And was, like, cute. Because he was trying to, like, mack on me, I think. Mm-hmm. I think Solange. I was just like, girl, this is not <laughs> the way to do this. Like, fucking back up, man. Like, not my drink too. She was doing all the stereotypical white girl shit. Like, just like, because white women like have this annoying propens- propensity to fucking just like do they think they're like, oh, well, I'm finding a black dude attractive. Holy shit, look at me mm-hmm. and see that shit scroll across their forehead, and then they grope my ass, and I'm like bodily autonomy lady like what the fuck man? man like i'm a human fucking being like you know it's like and it's like it's, just, it's like it's one thing when they're just touching your hair mm-hmm. but like this lady i was like homegirl i didn't ask for you to like grind on me while i'm trying to do like i said in this country band like i'm trying to do this job like like because they all jumped up on the stage and i was like
1: dude i don't know man like <laughs> I don't like, I'm, I like creating. I don't have like super good chops or anything mm-hmm. like that. But like, if I did, I don't know if, how much I would like that. That sounds like a stressful experience. It sounds like so <laughs> much of it is like not about the playing.
0: No, it's about, it's 100% like, can I look like Lenny Kravitz while I'm it's doing
1: literally, this? Literally, it seems like you get like, it, it's like you, there, there's, there's being a musician, but plus all of the baggage of being like a server or like somebody that works at Disney World is what it sounds like.
0: Basically. It's 100 And then
1: all of the baggage of also being black in Nashville and I'm, Broadway. yes.
0: And I I used to, because I did front my first band in college, and I was, felt like I was good at it. Kind of. I don't know. I'm a timid dude, but I don't, you know, I have a weird relationship with being a front man. But I do like to do it. I used to want to be a preacher. Maybe that's a good premise. You wanted to be like, a preacher? For, for a while.
1: Yeah. When did that stop? Because I know that when you're that hardcore. I don't know how atheist you are, grade. but I know that
0: you're. I mean, I'm. T- like agnostic, really, but yeah. Like I'm Are
1: you one of those people that believes that there's no there's no difference between agnostic and atheist? and, and no. a,
0: you're not one of those people. Just like <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure if there is a god, but I lean on the side of thinking there's probably. I'm pretty sure there is a god nowadays, but I don't think it looks like the way people think it looks. You know, and that I'm mm-hmm. probably more of like an agnostic Buddhist actually, but I'm not trying to like co-opt far eastern like fucking traditions okay. like that. I'm a fucking black dude from Tennessee, like, but yeah. I don't. I don't. I'm very academic with it. I'm not trying to blur the lines. It's just like the, oh, the yeah. academic term would be agnostic atheist because I don't. I'm not going to tell you one way or the other if there is or isn't a god. But I mostly think there probably isn't. Fair
1: enough. <laughs> um, hell man. Hell, we we said. And a lot I of love names.
0: Dr Pepper because I don't know what it tastes like. That's a South Park joke.
1: I was like, okay, so, dude. I don't know if I've ever watched a single fucking episode of that show. <laughs> um, I you know I know there are like a lot it's of
0: cl- kind of bad. So it's okay.
1: I mean, you know, it is. How, how, isn't it still on? Are they finally? Yeah, it's
0: still on. What right? is it? How, it's got to right? have been on for twenty some years by now. Mm-hmm. A long time. A, a long time. I mean, not Simpsons long, but it's been on for a minute. But but uh, <coughs> how was I gonna say. Oh yeah, it's super performative, Broadway, super performative. It. it yeah. I feel like I'm flexing that muscle when I'm there. It's a hundred percent like how. Like you don't like a lot of people have characters they do like. There's this guy I can't remember his actual name, but he goes by Ricky Broadway when he's doing it. Ricky Broadway, yeah. (laughs) Is this That Riviera? That's how yes, and that's how people cope with that shit.
1: So before before the fucking pandemic, okay, I I would just like because I worked I worked downtown, Mm -hmm. um, in an undisclosed office building. Um, <laughs> I was in the service industry before I got this job, but I'm not in the service industry anymore. I got like a nice job where I sit down or whatever. Fuck yeah. Um, but I would walk out, just go for a walk down Broadway or whatever. And I'm what fast ran that Riviera. <laughs> yeah. You... And Griffin is in there and I'm like, oh, I know that fucking dude. Yep. And, yeah. And then I'd list, they'd play, you know, whatever the fuck they were playing that day. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, I guess I, I like I would pay more attention to Griffin than whoever the front man was. Cause I knew them. I'm and,
0: pretty sure that's Ricky Broadway. But... Yeah. Was playing
1: so like him, what's his yes. shtick? Like is it funny or I mean that's just like
0: he, he puts on all the fucking the <laughs> the get up and then he just becomes like an asshole, you know, for Broadway. You know, he becomes like basic, you know, basically. His <laughs> character's not like God. MF Doom fleshed Damn out. <laughs> <laughs> well fuck.
1: I saw that <laughs> I mean, hell that can wait until we're done. <laughs> it's, <water. laughs> it's just water. <laughs>
0: um <laughs> But yeah, I mean like God. What what's another one? I know I know that because uh, I don't think in the bands I played anybody well, I mean yeah, the I, I was playing with Zach. He goes by Zach Red, but fuck what's his actual name? Zach Stacy. hmm Good people. Um did a Willie Nelson tribute with him in town and a, what was it? It was, Willie, it was Willie Nelson and Grateful Dead and that was a lot of fun. Um was it? Yeah, I just d- I didn't. I have never really listened to the Grateful okay, Dead. Okay, no, I was gonna ask really? you: Are you into the
1: fucking Dead? Because like, look, and I, I love no. rock and roll, but I swear to God, like, the Grateful Dead is like, it's like a secret white rite of passage. Because like, everybody knows yeah. the Dead. I don't know any fucking Dead songs. I,
0: I, yeah, I am definitely culturally black enough that I don't get the Grateful Dead. Like, I picked up like Amoxia when I was like eighteen out of like the sense of obligation because I was like trying to like figure it out i was like people love this shit especially when i got to belmont university i was like people love this shit i don't get it dude and i, I got a couple of the cds and i didn't get it and i listened to them once and i put them down and never really listened to them again and i got asked to do that tribute and it was like oh shit i've got to learn like i mean that band is a goddamn mess dude, dude i mean it's so like it has to be edited into coherence because sometimes i'm still like what the fuck you doing, Phil but, Lesh and Bob Weir. Like, what the fuck? Isn't so much <laughs> of it, like, like so much of the record, like, aren't they bootlegs? Like uh, A lot of their yeah. discography is, like, live. Yeah, that's like the cool, that's like if you're a real grateful deadhead, or see, I'm just b- betraying my lack of familiarity with the culture. If you're a real deadhead, yeah, yeah like, you fucking, like, you listen to the live recordings more, yeah, because they were better live, man.
1: Look, I don't know. I I'm keeping an <laughs> open mind about it. I'm just saying, like like <laughs> br- growing up, like we listened to there we listen to a lot of gospel music, a lot of like contemporary gospel, mm-hmm. and then we listen to soul music. And like my, my parents are a little older. Like my dad will be sixty six this year. Okay. Um
0: so it wasn't like Angie's a little bit younger. She's like a fifty 50- Yes, Angie
1: probably listened to what I call like auntie music. That was like kind of like the Mary J. Blige. Yeah, yeah. They, they, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. Like like the 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 Shea Butter kind of stuff. Like the, the Lauren Hills <laughs> yes. of the world. And there, no, like my she
0: loved it when Jennifer Hudson went out on her
1: own. Dude, my dad was was born in 1954. When Lauren Hill came out with the of Lauren Hill, that means that he was. Well into his forties,
0: mm-hmm. did he love that? He loved that shit. No, he didn't. I don't even okay. know if he. If yeah, he, he just he doesn't even yeah, like. Exists.
1: I think the last the, the, the thing that when the, when it comes to R and B, the last record <laughs> that my dad like the most recent record that my dad probably bought was like R Kelly's Twelve Play, which came out in like ninety two or ninety three, and we sounds know where that's out now. Sounds
0: like my uncle Steve. Yeah,
1: yeah, nah, you know he. One thing that, that gets me about on. R. Kelly, man, I think that his legacy is so overstated. Like,
0: yeah, I mean, he wrote a lot yeah. of stuff. I think, I don't know, yeah. Like, isn't it right? Like,
1: let, let, let's let's assume that 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 he wasn't. Well, first of all, he's been exposed like several dozen times over the course of his mm. lifetime. But let's assume that none of that shit happened. We would remember him for ignition, ignition yeah. and and I, I believe I can fly. That's all that we remember him for yeah that's it i mean
0: i I think some people care about the og mix of ignition because it is kind of a bump but like
1: yeah so i i don't even i don't know if i've ever even heard it really no (laughs) okay
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean what's the name of that album like dark side of chocolate or something it's it's called some corny uh
1: i don't i don't know like he because the the thing of it is it's like I don't. You a lot
0: of people our age, I feel like that's all we remember room for. Yeah, hundred yeah, like, percent. I think in, I feel like it would be like in your thirties and black to be like, oh, and then I also give a trapped shit in the about- closet.
1: People will remember that. Yeah, they'll, they'll you remember, remember trapped it, in the closet. But, you don't, like, but is it is, is people, that really good or is it well, just outrageous? Well, anyone
0: ever actually sung the tune to that song when they sing it? Though everybody just says like trapped in the clo- like nobody knows how that shit goes anymore. Like, that's true. Just does, like that, they just do like the R. Kelly interval when they call it a fucking day. Yeah. <laughs> like, like the R. Kelly. What is the R. Kelly interval? That, like, uh, he does. Oh, is know, that what he does at the end of all his lines? You know, like uh, 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 okay, does, yeah. But, yeah, I know what you're talking about. yeah I can't like I'm nowhere near as smooth as R. Kelly is, but he does that shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: you you follow No Name on Instagram? I do. Yeah, dude. I um I have not listened to a lot of her music. I listened to like a couple of her you know hits as big as mm-hmm. they can be, um, but I started following her on Twitter because this was back in like no- November or December. Like she had like a full Twitter meltdown because she was just like. I don't want to play music for white don't people even anymore. I know about this Oh dude. dude, are you fucking kidding me? She's got a white dude in her back.
0: Uh, no, she shots. I can shut the fuck no, up. No, no,
1: no. Like no 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 shade. Like yeah. shout out to no name, all the respect to no name.
0: Yeah, but she had a She yeah, she got a think the white drummer's people, white. White people love her, dude. No, yeah. that,
1: but that was that was the thing because she for whatever reason has attracted an incredibly large white fan base mm-hmm. when the experience that she's speaking to is very specifically like Chicago black so she's out here doing these shows and she was just like, look, I'm about to stop doing shows if only white people are going to show up and y'all that's, aren't going to support that's me. That's
0: the way it is with Mink Jenkins, man. Mick Jenkins is like out here just like rapping nigger shit and
1: white people are like, yeah. OK, so <laughs> like, how, <laughs> how, how, in, in your opinion, how and why does that happen? And I'm not saying like you're you're entitled to listen to whatever the fuck I you wrote, want to, and okay. as a, you can't pick your fan base. But I am curious as to your thoughts as why that happens.
0: This is why I have a blog, and this is why I went out on that limb, dude. I wrote an entire fucking paper in college on this. Mm-hmm. It was like the commodification of hip hop, mm-hmm. like, and I was basic. I'm kind of with Questlove, where I think hip hop. I didn't. I don't think it like. Obviously, I don't think it, like, died. Like, on the cross, it's dead, and it's gonna have to be resurrected or some shit. I just think, like, the golden age of hip-hop, what happened there kind of cobbled the thing that was happening. You know, Mm -hmm. it was a revolution that got commodified. So Mm -hmm. I wrote an entire fucking paper about that in in college. And it was, like, it only had to be, like, 15 pages long and ended up being, like, 22, (laughs) you know? Um, But, uh... (laughs) You wrote this paper at Belmont. Yeah. So what fucking professor? <sighs> fucking Marsha McDonald. Um, shout out to Marcia McDonald for letting me fucking derail the. Sh- well, yeah, I mean, she like gave us the subscription to the New Yorker, and it was fucking 2016, and it was just like all I got called I got called a demagogue in that class and compared to Donald Trump because I was like.
1: I, I mean, heard you allude to this several times yes, over the course of the past shit. couple of weeks. So this is when that happened. Mm-hmm. In and it was
0: because it, it was like a discussion based class, and I was like, "All this shit that's happening now is going to happen, y'all. Like, y'all need to reckon with this shit to these white kids." And, and these white kids were like, "Fuck you, dude!" <laughs> like, I was like, "Okay." I mean, like, because um, I, I don't, I don't like. They would. I just can't. I can't. I couldn't listen. to These white kids say stupid shit about poor people like who would never. I had this girl tell me, like, I mean, I'm I'm just like you because, I mean, they would make fun of me in my Catholic school uniform on the public transportation. (laughs) Talk about they too. Like I was like they. Who's they, 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 bitch? She meant (laughs) black kids from public school. (laughs) That's what she meant, Solomon. And I was like, did you you went home and took the fucking uniform off, didn't you, Rosie? Like I was like, fuck off, man. She was fucking crying when she told me that, and it was all I could do not to laugh. So these white kids hated me, man. I might as well have been like. Marsha McDonald's
1: class was called what? what was it was it? third year writing. It was one of the. Was, oh, this
0: isn't even a music class. It's, it's not even like a real <laughs> class. It was called third year writing. It should have been like an English class. Yeah. Like, but it was third year writing because I went to a private Christian college. It'd be a very really
1: expensive one. Yeah. So you write this 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 twenty two page yeah. manifesto on the commodification of hip hop. Yeah. Hmm. Can she, you can you give us like a synopsis? Like she
0: gave me an A plus like by default, I'm pretty sure.
1: She was just like was she was it <laughs> gonna be that kind of great. deal to where it was like, Okay, well if I grade this and I and I don't give it a good grade, <laughs> does that <laughs> Am I inherently racist? Is that I'm what it pretty
2: is? Pretty
1: sure. <laughs> no saying <laughs> <stayed laughs> on you at all. This look, been- <laughs> I'm not even gonna touch it. I'm just gonna <laughs> say, okay, it's a black dude writing about black stuff. Yeah,
0: <laughs> uh, that happened to me a lot. Like I would do these business plans for like black businesses, and the music business professors would be like, sure sounds great. Like, I'd be key, like, look, but nothing, no feedback, dog. Like, I, uh, what? Like, you yeah, tell white people
1: something about white people, like. There, there. I don't know how many million of us are in the United States, not to mention the rest of the world, but, like, all of our lives are different. We're not right about everything. <laughs> you, man, you know, it's one thing if you don't want to disagree publicly, but you don't have to, because, like, if, if, if you just take every black person at their word, that's how Candace Owens has happened. That's how, like, the Candace <laughs> yeah. Owens and the Hodge twins and the Benjamin Carsons of the world happened. Like, well... <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> they they're saying stuff that I like, so and and, and, and they're right. black, so it you're must be right. true.
0: No, you're very you're right, right right now, man. And that is your oh god.
1: Even god. given the history, we can be on some bullshit too. Canissons.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. I appreciate you, Marsha McDonald, because <laughs> she she never like let those white kids really gang up on me, and she was never really on their side. So like that could be said, but because they oh lord, they would have lynched my ass if it was 20 years ago, dude. I pissed them the fuck off. But anyway. Anyway, uh, I think it's this fucking just powerful desire for adjacency to coolness even. Okay. And this like need to feel like you understand a struggle that's greater than your own. Like I think that like white kids from suburbia grew up with this thing. It's like why people got so into Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. You know, Harry Potter didn't have anything wrong with him, but he was like the chosen one
2: Mm -hmm.
0: for the fucking Matrix shit black people have like a boogeyman we have like this fucking thing like this evil to be united against i think like white dudes and m&ms like are like oh that's kind of cool yeah even though like poor white people absolutely could make like, look at all the fucking oligarch shit and make a boogeyman out of it i guess <laughs> but like i think it's this like overwhelming need to, re- like, to relate to the i mean and the, like the rock and roll ethos i feel like punk you know and everything about that like basically it's always been perpetuated by black people and even into hip-hop like as far as hip-hop that's like where like cool went i mean guns and roses sure as fuck wasn't cool by the late 80s you know no so i think that's kind of like the melange of those things becoming for a lot of white kids like making it like dangerously exotic
1: yeah yeah, I I I I agree that's a big part of it. And I there, have you ever heard that story in RIP to little Richard, rest in power, um, cuz he we lost so many musicians this year. Mm-hmm. But little Richard used to tell the story about <clears throat> Jesus. You know who Pat Boone is?
0: Uh like the fucking what's that, the good Tennessee figure? Uh, Refresh my I don't
1: know where he's from. So like he was he he would basically sing uh sanitized versions of rock and roll hits back in the late in the 50s so like you know Chuck Berry would do Johnny Be Good and And then Pat Boone do the white people (laughs) yeah Um, not good would not recommend to anybody (laughs) but you know this is the height of segregation so (laughs) parents didn't want you know records from black artists being in their house so the, the, the record labels were like okay so here's what we do we get Pat Boone to do his version, and the par- the parents will be okay with it. But Little Richard was saying that like he was making records, and kids didn't want to hear the Pat Boone one, but they would they 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 would buy the record to sit on their bedtop so their parents would see it. Mm-hmm. They'd put Little Richard in the record player. They'd play Little Richard, and then mom and dad would just never know the difference. They would just look, oh yeah, they got that Pat Boone record. I guess that's Pat Boone making <laughs> the sound. And like if you just want to like Google Pat Boone and mm-hmm. listen to him on. Any any fucking record that he did, I don't I don't know what those white parents were thinking, but apparently it worked.
0: Um, That's amazing.
1: I um, I think you're in, in an interesting position to have grown up in McMinnville and have gone to Belmont because McMinnville is mostly white, but it's also mostly poor.
0: Oh yeah, it's poor as fuck.
1: <laughs> Belmont mostly white. And this isn't to say that everybody at Belmont is mostly wealthy, but you're definitely going to come into contact with people who are wealthy at culture Belmont. Culture shock
0: like a motherfucker, dude. Um, I didn't know what I was getting into.
1: Yeah. Was it like, how, how how bad are we talking as far as like the culture shock?
0: Like I shut down after freshman year at that college. Did you really? Mm-hmm. Like those kids met. Like, they were scared of me, and maybe for good reason, I was fucking pissed, mm-hmm. like, after freshman year, there, where I was just like, I can't stand, y'all, like, you know, um, and I, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was, it was, it was rough for me, because freshman year, I still had, like, a lot of idealism, mm-hmm. that, that place sort of just fucking destroyed, mm-hmm. um, like, Belmont University is almost (laughs) single-handedly responsible for destroying my faith in the Democratic National Convention. How so? <laughs> Just because it was like a lot of like wealthy Democrat kids at, at Belmont. Because I would, I would, I would, There's I was plenty I would, of conservative kids too. Okay. But like, it's mostly like this college that wishes it was like a <laughs> Pitzer in California or something. It wishes it was like these kids, like especially. It's weird because it's a, used to be a Baptist college, but that music business shit. They keep getting all these hippy dippy deadhead fucking kids who smoke too much weed and shit. Check this out.
1: I want your opinion on this. Mm-hmm. Ha- having lived in Minville, but have also having gone to Belmont. Because, again, everybody's found religion on the race thing, at least for the time being. We'll see where we're at in six months. Yeah. I think the best thing that white people can do right now to help this movement is that if you're, you know, somebody from L.A. or if you're somebody from New York or if you're somebody like, you know, and you live in Nashville, but, you know, there are white folks in, like, you know, some of these these, these smaller places – white people who are college educated, white people who are wealthy, white people who are, you know, middle class the higher upper class need to find a way to make life easier for their less fortunate white counterparts. And I say that because when you get something like Ahmad Arbery, when you're poor and white, you live in rural America, the only agency you have to assert white supremacy is violence. Mm-hmm. And the same thing goes for a lot of cops because those, those are all working class dudes. They're not yeah. dudes with, with, with advanced degrees um but you have amy cooper types who espouse progressive and liberal values and they love talking down to poor white people mm. and, and then they
0: leave those people the fuck behind
1: exactly they do and then when they do shit like vote for trump get surprised that they did it mm-hmm. cuz they're idiots what, what 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 world have you left for these people yeah. like you 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 cuz cuz that, that that sort of thing in the long term it hurts everybody mm-hmm including you.
0: And so that's why race and (coughs) class are linked. I mean, like rich people sent poor people to die for them in the civil fucking war. Like no fucking slave fucking owners were fighting on the fucking front lines for the fucking Confederacy. That's just a tale as old as goddamn time. Like, when, like, uh, yeah, that's something I wish I could get people to understand too, because like, well, it's like I kind of said earlier. It's like cops will shoot white dudes. Like that dude who was spraying pesticide in a hotel yeah. in twenty sixteen. Like and stuff. Like it happens, but white people just like don't mm-hmm. like seem to. It does. It seems to bounce off their damn forehead. as like. This is state-sponsored violence. That's this is a first-world fucking country, not Saudi goddamn Arabia. You just shoot people. Yeah, you know when you're a cop. They, didn't, like, they didn't. convict that cop either. Uh-uh. No, they sure did. They didn't even let them use his personal gun as evidence. The yeah. judge, like, if that's not a judge that should have been thrown the fuck off the case, I don't know what the fuck is. I'm not a lawyer, um, but. Uh, yeah, like white white people talking to white people is what needs to happen. You know, That's what I'm period. saying. Like, like
1: I, you know, everybody's always like, oh, you know, you know we need to hear about your experiences. What, mm-hmm. like, look at this point. You're, there's there's nothing that anybody is going to say that you Don't haven't heard already. Get off my dick. yeah, you <laughs> always. <laughs> There, I mean, I remember like shortly after the Trayvon Martin thing. That's when Michelle, Ale- ugh, I can't talk. Michelle Alexander's "The New Jim Crow" got big. Mm-hmm. Ta-Nehisi Coates "Between the World and Me" yep. got big. Mm-hmm. White fragility got big, and it was like yeah. the cool thing to do. If you're white and educated, you read all these yeah. books. And here we are again.
0: And read all those books and ignore the fuck out of them. Right. It's
1: just like okay, cool. Well, I I have done my part. I'm now educated on the issue of race. Let's go back to the way things were and always have been. Mm-hmm. Because it, it seems like is 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 as, as much momentum as we see like out in the streets right now. It seems like the the general mood that I've noticed is all right. We we're gonna, we're gonna take care of racism, but society as we know it. Is going to remain unchanged. We're going to get rid of all these monuments. We're going to burn the Confederate flag. It's not going to be a NASCAR anymore, but the structural issues will remain in place because mm-hmm. that's what makes us comfortable.
0: Yeah, it's not going to
1: work. No, it's just it's, it's not going to work. Yep. Uh, well, I mean,
0: <clears throat> that's yeah, exactly. I I think that's what I was talking about earlier. I think that's what we're going to have to see if white people are ready for. Because I think maybe young white people might be. But I'm also like, are oh, y'all though? Because I've I've seen a, a lot of white people talking about like defund the police. That I'm like, oh, we're ab- abolish or defund the. Po- really, you? Okay, sure, cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm down. I think yeah. we're gonna be
1: talking more and more about that. Like, I got to go back to. Well, I gotta
0: go. I mean, if even white people think it's ridiculous to spend tens of millions of dollars on the police departments, that would make sense to me. I mean, it's just shit I've been saying for like years. But you know, whatever. Like. But oh yeah, oh, yeah, white people need to talk to white people, was why that third year writing class was like, that was the specific comment. I was like, I said, racism is not a black person's problem, it's white people's problem. It is. And that class, you'd think I would have set them all on fire. They were like, covered on kerosene. No. Match. There was one black person in that class with me. Her name was Denisha. I can't remember your last name, Denisha, but bless your heart, and I'm so sorry because I made all of our lives harder in that class. I know, Denisha. <laughs> Because Denisha would say like one thing and because she would know that I would just like do the rest anyway and that it was just going to piss them off and the one thing she said would piss them off anyway and Denisha would say one thing and sit the fuck back and that's like what I'm terrible at because like Denisha, like I've you know I've seen it like she was like I I, I ain't got time for this fucking shit <laughs> and she'd just be like I'm trying to get to this fucking class like this class is an hour and 15 minutes it's an hour and fifty minutes I have to pretend not to hear your stupid bullshit like kids <laughs> like I like, so we got to those stupid fucking conversations. You say or one thing like off of whatever I said or whatever it happened. Um, Javi was in that class with me. So oh shit! I didn't know y'all went to school together. Yeah. Um, I met him there actually, which is kind of funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how is he? <laughs> he is. He's doing good. Um, go ahead. He's doing good. Uh, yeah. Like you know. Hoping with this stuff, yeah. As much as you know, <laughs> they <laughs> they work at Sip uh, Cafe, right? Uh, is it Sip? Yeah, he's right over there. He is, and it's been an interesting journey for him through the pandemic. Because the Mike's Ice Cream dude is uh, a Javi did not say this. He had nothing to do with this statement. This is the opinion of Stephen Nicholas Roberts and <laughs> me exclusively. Mike of Mike's Ice Cream can eat my dick. <laughs> Um, <laughs> what, what, he's a real fucking jerk. Okay, wait, 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 wait. What happened with Mike's ice cream? He's just terrible to his employees. Okay. He's been trademarked terrible and laid off a bunch of them for having legitimate concerns about a pandemic. I've looked at that place, and I've always said that
1: <laughs> I've always said the Sip Cafe is... it's a If, a, if an ice cream shop was a dive
0: bar... <laughs> yeah. Like, when you just walk in there? It is. T- <laughs> it's, it, I do not understand how they sell any coffee to anybody. White people love that shit. <laughs> They're like Starbucks, but edgy. I love it. They are rude to you. They don't give a fuck about you in this coffee shop, and you guys eat it the fuck up. It's amazing. They got a line around the block. They're like, yes, be no, mean dude. to me for caffeine, dude. It's always full, but no, it's just like the- I, know, I
1: hate it. The decor is just, it's so drab. End and it, decor, it, it, yeah. Yeah, it's just going to like- it, 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 No, you're it right. They, they're bank. not- that's, That's why they had that looked, fucking window in Yeah, there.
0: it looks to be a goddamn bank. Somebody was like, you know No what? one's even knocked that shit down. I could knock that shit down for y'all for like,
1: what? 500 bucks. You know what would look nice here? A freezer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or a wall. <laughs> it's like a wall with a door in it. <laughs> that, that place is a no, miracle. No, I thought I was the only one. <laughs> no, you're not.
1: Yeah, it makes me happy to know that I'm not the only
0: one. That's I, fucking funny. It's... <laughs> said I I I don't know how it, I mean and I worked there for a day. Yeah. So that's hey Mike, I worked there. <laughs> I worked there for a day one time a couple years ago. And I never got paid for that day. Um god damn it. <laughs> but uh yeah, like uh I uh, Maybe edit this part out, but I I wouldn't go there for ice cream like too too much, you know. Get a flavor that, you know, rotates often. Well it's soft serve, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's I know. No, it's it's like tubs. <laughs> We're not gonna shit on these people the entire time. No, like it's just like they're all like barista servers in Nashville and they all they'd all rather be fucking they'd all rather be Brittany Howard right now than working at Sips, you know. So they're just all pissed and Yeah. I don't you know, they definitely don't get any hot fudge, you know what I'm saying? Have you ever met her? Brittany Howard? Yeah. I wish. Dude, I um, this was right when I first moved to Nashville. I've like seen her, you know.
1: I've seen her too, and I I I guess I kind of met her like when I was in high when I was in college. I was obsessed with her. Um, like those those two records mean so much to me. Um, her I mean her her, her solo records real good too. Yeah, but, you know that it came at a later point in my life, but um, I was at Mickey's and uh, <laughs> I was at Mickey's and I was of all things I was on a Tinder date. And um, I was drinking uh, gin and tonic or whatever. I don't know why the fuck I was drinking that. I don't even like that. But I was sitting out on that the patio. you
0: like to get drunk because that's what you drink. gin and tonic
1: Yeah, for. but like, I can have, like, what, what I get now is I get, like, a gin mule. Okay. But I didn't, I don't know. I guess I was, like, dumb and I didn't know what the fuck that was at the time. But <clears throat> I go, I, I was like, okay, well, it's time for me to get another drink. So I go up and I get a, go to get another drink and I'm on my way out and she's, like, sitting with some of her friends on the inside booth, walked right past her, didn't know it, minded my business, went bought the fucking drink, came back out, and now she's, like, right there. Yeah. And I'm like,
0: oh, my God, hi! I just wanted to say hi! You know, 200%
1: fangirl, 200%. And I think she was just like, okay, because she's probably used to people, like, you know, saying hi like a normal person in public, but, like, you know, I've lived in Murfreesboro for the past few years, and I've listened to her records, and, like... In my mind, you're like this godlike figure. I've gotten overexcited <clears> and <throat> done that, too,
0: a couple of times. Yeah, with who? Um, that's a good question. Who have I done that to? Um, who have I accidentally... I know I've done that to somebody. I've, I've had similar experiences where I've seen Adia Victoria around town. And yeah. I really like her, and I usually am like, Adia. <gasps> and I low-key like kind of have a crush on her, too. <laughs> So like Especially back in the day When I would see her And I was When I was single
1: <laughs> That's been a long time Since like That's been
0: You and Camilla been together Five years this year Five years holy!
1: When are you gonna go ahead And uh, do the ring thing Am I gonna get you in trouble By asking that I'm gonna get you in trouble on <laughs> No
0: it. I mean I, uh, I think whenever Like because we're, like, one of those terrible hippy-dippy hippie, radical couples. We're like, oh, well, well, no, i maybe not going to get married because it's, like, fucked up and capitalist. Okay.
1: Right? I, 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 I See, I'm not necessarily sold on not getting married, mm-hmm. but I also don't disagree with you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's like we, we're into the idea of it, but she's probably going to come up with, like, some pagan way she wants to do it that will make her happy, and I'll just be, like, happy that we, like, have the... Formal commitment In the tax break Blood involved I hope not (laughs) It's not Like I I, I think she's not into Like I don't know I I think it depends On whatever Fucking weird I can't I can't even remember What ethnicity Of white she is I feel like a terrible Boyfriend She's like been getting into she's trying to get into like her true like fucking ethnic roots and move past like merit, like the modern shadow slavery idea of whiteness.
1: That's the crazy thing about white supremacy though, is it in, it invalidates all mm-hmm. white ethnicity. Like there was yeah. a time when it was like, Oh, there are German people, there were Irish mm-hmm. people and then they were like, you know what? I think N- I- fuck all that. Y'all white. And then we got all these other folks to deal uh, with. But yeah. like if you like if you from mm-hmm. Europe, you're good. You mm-hmm. in the club. Yeah.
0: But she's like Swedish? And so she's getting she's like, Oh, all of their traditions before Christian is like pagan shit, you know. So it's like she's just like getting into that. I, I'm you know, I'm not trying to I still have, like, this wariness of pagan shit. Like, I kind of feel that way about, like, vo- like voodoo and hoodoo. Or yeah. a little bit like, man, I'm trying to get struck by lightning still. It's like that Pentecostal side of me coming out. Where I get,
1: like, man, I tried to get into that shit, and I realized, like, it just wasn't actually that interesting to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> uh,
0: that can happen, too, yeah. I, um, It's interesting to me in, like, a very, like... <laughs> X-Men type way where it'd be cool if I had claws that came out of my hands. Like, it'd be cool if I could do root work and, like, cast a curse on somebody, but I'm pretty sure that's not how shit works. I
1: want to ask you about X-Men. Mm-hmm. I'm my own tech because this is my first time doing this. I just want to make sure that these cameras are still on, but I'm going to ask you about X-Men in just one second. Heard. You can keep talking <laughs> if you want. Just...
0: That looked like a hurt. What is this, uh, Oh, yeah, I could... No, I shouldn't just keep talking undirected. (laughs) It's a terrible idea.
1: I also managed to step into the water. (laughs) (coughs) What the fuck was I going to say?
0: Something about the X-Men.
1: Yeah, so Beyoncé is supposed to be Storm in... The Black Panther in Black Panther 2 is 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 what,
0: what happened to how what
1: so like Storm like ha- yeah yeah Halle Berry I don't know what the fuck she's doing now was Um, her, was
0: her contract just up because that happened to a lot of well, them you know there was
1: that whole fucking thing like, where some kind of way like X-Men is Marvel property originally but when Disney bought that shit they didn't get X-Men and then I think that that deal had been amended I don't know what the fuck happened
0: I forgot about that. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't know why that happened. I don't know.
1: But there's supposedly a petition
0: <laughs> to make
1: to stop Beyoncé. And this this isn't white people. This is black folks. What? To stop Beyoncé from being Storm. Yeah, because they think she can't act. Which I've seen Beyoncé in Cadillac Records
0: I'm trying to think of a time I've seen Beyoncé act. I don't know.
1: Cadillac kind of like Records. That. What's that movie with Idris Elba where he, the the white woman falls in love with Idris Elba and tries to kill Beyonce to steal her husband? Obsessed. <laughs> I
0: don't know about that. <laughs> okay, that's a movie. I haven't, seen, I haven't seen that one. Is is Beyonce in fucking Dreamgirls? She
1: is. Yep, she's okay. in that too.
0: Um, I mean, it's sort of fair.
1: She was fucking Nala in. No, she wasn't Nala. She was new. Sarab. No, she was Nala. In the
0: new one. The line. Did you see it? I'm, I don't do, like, I'm tired of the nostalgia bait bullshit. I just, like, I, especially with The Lion King. That offended <laughs> me a little bit. I was just like, no, I'm not watching this protest. Yeah. Like, I'm not giving my money to those motherfuckers, like, making a live-action Lion King on me. Like, you're not going to put me through Mufasa again for fucking 12 bucks. Fuck you. Yeah, but it's live-action. You get to That's see w- the real thing. That doesn't thing. even make sense, though. Like, what, like, it, like, why? Like, it defeats the defeats, like, the, and it wasn't live-action. It was CG. Like, Like, like the whole thing doesn't make sense to me, honestly. I heard
1: it was ass. I heard it was not good.
0: (laughs) I heard a lot of people liked it.
1: I've met maybe, like, a handful of people that liked it. I've heard it universally panned.
0: Hmm. Like I said, I've, I've been ignoring this movie so hard. Everybody that's talked to me about it has liked it. It's been like, did you see Lion King? People I, like, work with, though. I don't know how, like my roommate feels about ryan king who's like artistic opinion i take much more seriously <laughs> Yeah,
1: dude. <laughs> when do you think we're gonna have shows again
0: um i mean at this rate maybe next year because white people keep thinking that like they can just be tired of a virus and it's gonna go away um
1: we yeah I, I, america did that you yeah, <laughs> know yeah. just like you know what this isn't fun i mean
0: 110,000 people died <laughs> and it's gonna end up being black protesters fault you just watch Mm-hmm. Like watched, even though they died as of like two weeks ago. Well,
1: first of all, let let I mean they they probably will try to say mm-hmm. that, but even even before all this stuff happened, like when when Memorial Day came out, everybody rushed out of the house. Mm-hmm. Most, most I, I, certainly Tennessee opened without passing. I don't think we passed any of the milestones to the, to reopen. We were just like yeah, mm-hmm. fuck, let's just do it. Yeah. Um,
0: as far as Greater Tennessee, yeah, like Mayor Cooper's been trying to worry about it, even though I feel like he's never gonna get, he's not gonna get the mayor seat again for it. But like, people hate Mayor Cooper right now, man. It's crazy. Yeah. But uh, like, yeah, he's a Democratic plant now because he marched with us that one day.
1: I, f- I feel so bad because I don't. There is no Democratic part. I mean, there is one, but who is it for? like literally who is it for who who is it for it's for it's it's for a very specific kind of mainly white person. I guess you could expand it to people who are like super educated and super middle middle class i mean super super middle super super educated super upper middle class super suburban where it's like they don't question anything about like the economic security of working people, but they do all the things to make you feel good like okay we're not racist we wearing, love
0: wearing kente cloth Dude.
1: I couldn't believe Dude, that. that was
0: some dumb shit and, and i still have a hard time believing that's not photoshopped like it, <laughs> aren't there black people that work for them follow so ev- everybody
1: said so it, it's my understanding that the congressional black caucus it was their idea if They're that, fired. That's, that's,
0: that's, that, that I want them that's, out of there. That,
1: that, that's my understanding. <laughs> I don't believe that. But, th- but even with that, like back in back in the nineties, the crime bill that we we we, we reference every time, that, the, the congressional black caucus voted for it. So that, I mean that gets into the question of like you know you you I think you kind of crossed this threshold of like being black and successful. But what's that where? one
0: black Supreme Court justice? Clarence Thomas. Yeah, is he on the fucking Congressional Black Ta- caucus? Congress? Mm, like was nah, <laughs> this caucus?
1: Maxine right? Waters reclaiming my time. She's in it.
0: Fucking Jesus Christ. Maxine Waters is in that caucus. Did she vote for the climate bill back in the day?
1: She probably did. I don't I can't say that definitively. She probably huh. did. Um anyway. The, the anyway, the, the, yeah. The,
0: interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah they don't.
1: it's it's my understanding that this was the Congressional Black Caucus's idea. That doesn't mean that Nancy Pelosi and, and, and Chuck Schumer should have been like, you know what, we'll chill in the back. And, not, and, and not wear the Kente cloth, but we will stand there in solidarity mm-hmm. with you. I just, yeah. Um,
0: talking about performative bullshit, though.
1: No, that that I think that's peak. I don't think you're ever gonna beat that one.
0: No, like why? What, <laughs> what a uh, policy change, Nancy. Policy change.
1: I don't think you're gonna get that as long as oh, yeah. she's in office.
0: No, she's not like. That's the problem with the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party, like for some reason, is like. Afraid to challenge Trump or something? I don't know. It's like that. I don't see any reason to be this ineffective at mustering a response to them. So I tell you why. You're that afraid and of Bernie Sanders. You're that afraid of like brown grandkids. Like really, y'all? Like get your shit together, though. This is the thing you that know? sucks
1: because like ever since like you're young, like when you're black, you always hear people say, you know, got to vote, got to vote, got to vote, got mm. to vote, got to vote. People died for your right to vote, which is true, in, in 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 a very basic sense. But the issue is, what the fuck do you do? When you have two parties with very different rhetoric, with no real distinction in their vision for the country,
2: mm-hmm.
1: like the, the the they 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 have cultural disagreements. Mm-hmm. Republicans and Democrats have cultural disagreements as far as the way the economy works and who it works for. Yeah. There's no disagreement, yeah. none at all. Well, exactly. So, I mean, that to me, that's why. Yeah. They you and I don't necessarily know what because obviously you need to vote but like you can't just vote for people who have no interest in you. Yeah. is the thing. Like you're 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 voting <laughs> the idea of voting is like you're supposed to vote for the people that are going to do the best thing for you and the democratic party of the establishment is not interested in anybody mm-hmm. except themselves and their and their donors.
0: That's why I've always been <clears> well at least since I could vote been independent. Yeah. It's like I've always been a big fan of like the Green Party and their efforts to like n- just unseat the bipartisan thing. Who are they putting up? Fucking wasn't it Jill Stein?
1: They did last time. Is she running again?
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Jill Steins. <laughs>
1: They um, they I mean, you have that contingent of like justice Democrats who are like AOC and mm-hmm. um, the Squad, as they call but that's them.
0: That's not enough, you know. Like, I it's think just, that, it's just I think three it's like legitimately. Just, Look, like, you got f- we got to tell vote. the Democratic Party to fuck we off. Got, yeah, we yeah exactly. It, it, it we seems need, like like an actual grassroots party. Like we need like Bernie Sanders tried it. Um, yeah and yeah, I, I I would love it. I don't know. I would love for it to be a white person because that person has the lowest likelihood of getting assassinated. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that will be the most effective person to lead that like i think we've. Seen bernie sanders you know, struggled with black folks yeah he mean yeah and like you know i feel like the why of that is a big whopper you know and that's like uh do you have a why i mean like even if he was there at some marches and stuff like he talks like a white dude at the black community pretty painfully, you know, and mm-hmm. he said a lot of shit that even I like wanting to like him have been like, Bernie, do you have to put that like that? When he like addresses the black community. So I, mean, I don't, if I feel condescended to, I sort of expect that from other black folks. I don't know how you feel about that. I can't remember anything specifically. I, he said.
1: I, I, I never felt, I never felt condescended by him. I I think that he just for whatever man this, man this is what fucking sucks <laughs> like because like 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 Joe Joe Biden literally a couple of weeks ago like openly condescended he was like oh, if yeah. you do if you if, if you if you if you have any question about voting for me or Trump you ain't black blah blah, blah. it's like okay yeah. so first of all how dare you
0: first of all how dare you yeah <clears throat> but
1: you know he was he was Obama's VP yeah you know and there especially it's mainly older black folks I think mm-hmm. just have this un unquestioned loyalty to him.
0: Yeah, well, I think this is weird safety in this idea that he could work under President Obama honestly Mm -hmm. somebody else said that i feel like it was like w Kamau bell or something yeah but i mean dude but yeah fuck that
1: dude uh, look i love obama but you like when when you really stop and think about it and and i'm not coming at this at the angles like well he didn't do anything for black folks i'm Mm -hmm. not i'm not even coming at it from that angle i'm coming he was an
0: established democrat yeah you know and he did the things that come with that even though like in his later term and now afterward he's had a lot to say that is like ostensibly radical especially if you compare him to trump like what there's this whole ten minute rant I was watching with him to the student reporter where he talks uh, where he talks about how like young people need to take the reins and he basically says like here's he basically agrees with me in a lot of points, but in a very Obama way about like how the media should be like doing more of their ideal job and not the job that they're gonna get paid to do. It's kind of unrealistic, but that's one of the reasons I was surprised it came out of Barack Obama's mouth. Yeah. Um, and stuff like that, like, you know, young people, young people voted, like democracy doesn't work unless young people work for it. And he knows, and he basically said, I know that you, what you guys are pushing for is something that your parents do not want at all. Mm -hmm. And that's why you should go out and vote because there's more of you. Mm -hmm. And it's like, (coughs) that to me is inherently like, Pretty fucking radical for him. It's not really that radical for
1: for for him. For I him, yeah, you know? I'm I'm with
0: you on that because I mean he's right. If, if like everybody our age actually voted, they'd just be like, well, how did, like they'd have to do a whole lot of fucking with the numbers and voter yeah. suppression, you know? Yeah, to make that not a clear. It'd be like, oh, well, we got like we're a huge demographic, like the twenty three and up. Supposedly,
1: like we're, it's the largest. I, I could be wrong. No,
0: but we're, there's more of us than baby boomers. Yeah. 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 Okay. So like not, their, okay, their time is over, motherfucker. Yeah. This is. I <laughs> like don't. It's part of the friction. I'm pretty sure right now. I mean, like, you know, I don't see a lot of older white people like marching. You know what i nope, I haven't either. But it, I mean, it, I've had a lot of old white dudes just like straight antagonize me lately in public. Have you really? Yeah, dude, white people have been so nice. Donaldson, dude, I don't know. Oh,
1: you yeah, never mind. Okay, well, that they, well, makes a lot of sense because the white folks and, out there, like working <clears throat> class, right? And I again, I don't like, I don't, I, I, I want to be very careful, even to the most like racist motherfucker in a place like Donaldson. I don't, I don't ever want to challenge, like make, make fun of their intellect. Because I understand mm-hmm. that their worldview is absolutely an outgrowth of their, you know, of, of their lived experience. Yeah. But with that being said, no, yeah, like people, people, people here, yeah, they're gonna smile, they're gonna wave, they're gonna do whatever. But no, like, working class, now they're 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 you know they're, yeah, they they will antagonize you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The question is what what we do about it because the yeah. the opinion of these people is that we shame them
0: which it's not effective no it's not gonna fucking work all is good like, you- because if you don't respect black people why do you give a fuck what a black person thinks about you yeah like, they don't care i don't i've never understood why people like and they don't care what a nigger lover things about them either mm. like i've never understood that it's like it there's this lady sonia renee thompson i think is her name mm-hmm. she had this instagram video like white people need to have a conversation about why the fuck they're so fucked up yep Like, like we don't need to be talking about like how black people respond to this or that or any of that. Like, it's like, yo, granddad, it's not okay to be walking down the street with your dogs and start cussing at a black dude because your dogs are barking at them. Mm -hmm. That's, that's not okay. The optics of that are terrible, granddad. That's the conversation that needs to happen instead of like, should the black dude not have told you to fuck yourself? or nah, or should he have just whooped your monkey ass in his front yard like he had every right to, you know, that's that shouldn't be the fucking conversation, but that's the type of conversation white folks have, you know it's like, mm-hmm. did this black person deserve to fucking live, you know or like, and also th- these people are going to be intellectually like, shamed, it's like no, you need to be like, yo, you you are wrong yeah. you were just fucking wrong you're not stupid, but here's why Yeah, and if you continue to believe this Yeah, you're stupid. I'm not trying to shame you about it. The world is trying to move the fuck on. Yeah. And if you want this to be violent, you digging your goddamn heels in is the exact formula for that. So it's either this or policy fucking change or fucking nothing is the conversation that needs to fucking happen. Because I don't think white people. I think that's what white people don't get. Hmm. It's like that imperialism has traded in nothing but violence for fucking hundreds of years. And now you're looking at this movement and expecting it to turn the tables. But you're not going to give it anything it actually wants. You're just going to wear kente cloth and <laughs> shit. And it's like, no, like, there will be, the other foot will drop. And if I, I've never seen the shit I saw at these protests the mm-hmm. past couple of weeks. If you've got the type of black people out there that are out there, the type of white people that are out there, some shit has fucked up and people are pissed. Yeah. So you cannot expect, uh, like, the answer to all of this if you continue to put, give lip service to it and continue to have conversations about, like, all these dumbass rednecks and not actually address these people, and with some kind of respect and concern for the fucking shit they're perpetuating, like, it'll keep going, and there will be more fucking stuff. There will be more violence. I don't want to get too dark, maybe.
1: I Yeah, I... Uh,
0: but i'm like
1: <clears throat> i wish that i disagreed with you but i you know it the, the, this we're we're really at a moment to where we can either make a change for the better or we can make fake changes like mm-hmm. you know banning the confederate flag at nascar yeah or we could do nothing and those last two
0: yeah. they
1: will beget more violence
0: yeah I'm showing I'm showing my like kick and my temper a little bit I guess but I'm I'm definitely the type of person that like you fuck with me enough like it's just like okay I push back and like I you know I mean I recently like I was working at Whole Foods mm-hmm. I just had to get the fuck out of there dude like I couldn't listen to another fucking white person in that place say I was worried about like riots cuz I was working on the one right off broadway Mm -hmm. i was worried about the rioters This is the goal and having yeah and the new one yeah and like the fucking leadership standing around and be a bunch of good old boys and just let people talk that kind of shit and if i had said anything vaguely pro-black i would have been fired immediately and we saw the way amazon did those union those strikers and shit yeah and i was just like i was just like i can't i can't do that and i can't Because I've lived my life in a position where white dudes don't usually decide to, like, roll up on me with their dogs and cuss me out. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's my privilege, but I'm not about to start taking that shit now. And Mm -hmm. maybe that's growing up in Minville, because I spent all of middle school just fighting motherfuckers for being just, like, racist pieces of shit. Yeah. You know? Um, They didn't win a lot of those fights. (laughs) That happened. You know, and, like... I'm like, not the type of person who's going to take this shit now because white people are getting like real fucking bold. I mean, we see it with the cops. I swear to God, if we haven't went two days without we'll the cops shooting somebody fucking else. Shops, the cops have shot like two or three people just in this area, hmm. you know? Have they? Yeah, like the, in Mur- out in where they shot some dude in the back three times last night. Is they it were, last night? Yes. There was some <coughs> dude who got shot in Nashville by a cop like the day after the George Floyd thing happened. hmm um, I should know these people's names, but that's not how I deal with the trauma. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, it happens. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just like kind of the I feel like this is the country we live in. So it's just like, yeah, of course, you know, the dude in Murfreesboro, like he fell asleep in a Wendy's drive through. Mm-hmm. And so they gave him a field sobriety test and he like freaked out when they tried to arrest him and they, decided, they shot him. They tased him a couple times and he ran off. Oh, okay. They shot him in the back. And guess what the dude said after the... What did he say? I got him. Oh, fuck. Just like that, too. I got him. I don't give a
1: fuck what they did. I don't think there's ever any excuse for shooting somebody mm-hmm. in the back.
0: This is not... Why is it... Sometimes, I feel what like... happens to due Why due can't you just let somebody go? Certain, well, what happens to due process, though? <laughs> like, why... And I'm going to pull the light skin card on that shit hardcore. Like, why, when you pass Paper Bag Brown, do you not get a fucking trial in this fucking country? Mm -hmm. That's some shit, man. That's like a conversation. That's why white people need to talk about, like, what what the fuck is wrong with us? Because for some reason, it's so easy, like the Candace Owens shit, talking about, I don't give a fuck what George Floyd did. Mm -hmm. He didn't do shit to have a man kneel on his neck for any amount of time, much less until he fucking died. Yeah. He didn't do a goddamn thing that warranted that. Yeah, if somebody you somebody's running away, it's definitely yeah. Let him yeah you. Yeah, but no, I mean like due process isn't afforded to black folks. You it's know? Not. think like, fucking well they suspended habeas corpus in New York. They're like fuck it, we're just arrest you motherfuckers. Holy Get shit, out of did they really? Yes. Has that
1: been done? You know, fucking Abraham Lincoln did that during the Civil War. Yes. Has it been done since then?
0: Uh, I think.
1: Because it means they can hold you indefinitely, right? Yeah. Without
0: without any kind of cause. What is... I'm pretty sure it's been done in situations like the Reconstruction, yeah.
1: It might have been done, like, after they... I feel like under Patriot Act, you
0: can probably do that shit. Yeah, there's like specific instances with the Patriot Act. Yeah, that's the that's the stuff like the Insurrection Act is part of the Patriot Act, right? Isn't that the stuff Donald the, Trump the was going on? The one
1: that Donald Trump invoked was an eighteen oh seven law because like uh, typically what happens like Okay. They, they they typically deploy the National Guard for these sorts of things, but this insurrection act allows you to put active duty on American soil, which like why?
0: Black people. Well, he, he, yeah, I
1: understand why, <laughs> but, but this—he was the dude he, that was crazy enough to do it. Mm-hmm. He was just like, not not do it, but I mean, threatened to do it.
0: One of the things that gives me hope is apparently that made the support go down. Dude, no, he's having a terrible, terrible week and a
1: half, two weeks. Fucking he, awesome. He no, he. I mean, it's it's <laughs> we got a long way to election day, but yeah. like he 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 seems Unless
0: he pulls a Nixon,
1: dead set on fucking it up. He yeah. he he seems dedicated to fucking it up, and like. We've always known he was on some bullshit. We we knew what we were getting when we elected him. He seemed
0: him. like he was maybe smarter than like he looked, and now it's kind of like, are you though?
1: I think that he 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 has a certain intelligence. I will give mm. him that. <laughs> I would not say that he is intelligent.
0: I've always thought he was just like playing us because it's oh, always seemed no. to me he no. just knows how to talk to dumbass white people exactly how they want to be he, talking. He
1: knows to that. that uh, he knows that. Yeah. I don't think he knows, but like like cause you, you you heard about this rally, right? Yeah. I, I, yeah,
0: what do you think about that, man? So,
1: I'm I'm sh- I'm certain that somebody in his administration did it on purpose. Stephen Miller. Yeah, Stephen Miller is going to say the same thing. They did the same thing with r- rolling back the Obama era protections on transgender people in the military. Mm-hmm. They did it on the day of the Pulse nightclub shooting. They, of course, they know that, but I don't think that he knows that. Yeah, he's just like I want to have rallies again. I don't care when, I don't care where, but put them somewhere. Mm-hmm. No, they they absolutely did that on purpose. Yeah. But I I I I just it's not that I don't think he's racist. I just don't think that he is well read enough. I yeah, he nah he he's he's chaotic racist. Right. Yeah. He's he's not he's not lawful racist. He's chaotic racist. Mm-hmm. He 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 will say whatever the fuck will get him an applause at that moment. Stephen
0: Miller is fucking terrifying.
1: Yeah, dude. He and that, I mean that's the kind of thing that we got to like worry about going forward. Like that, that dude's like 34. He's not old. He's going to be around for a long time. He's a
0: hateful motherfucker. Yeah. Man. I cannot believe that like no like him being in government. I mean, I guess Jared Kushner got a fucking job in government, right? But like that still blows my mind to this day that the Americans let that shit happen. Where did I
1: know cuz he I know he, he started as a speechwriter. Where the fuck did he come from?
0: He, he's he was fucking he, he, boinking Ivanka. So, no, not not
1: Jared Kushner. Stephen oh, Miller. Stephen
0: Miller. Where the fuck did he come he, from? He was nowhere. He was
1: man. a, a speechwriter, and then he ended he up being just, the senior policy advisor because
0: he's just a racist maniac. He's a white nationalist, fucking maniac. Yeah. He just like weaseled his way in there because he knew what to tell D J T. Man, he knew what to tell <laughs> Donald. Not D J T. Like, um, he a hundred percent. Oh, hey. Is one of the only OG cabinet members who has like played the game and well yeah. with him because he's just like he's like Steve Bannon but smart enough to not go full racist in public. You yeah. know, Steve he, Stephen Miller is just like the devil on that orange motherfucker's shoulder, man. Like, like he just slid in, there. in his ear. Yeah, like he really does though, hey, Donald. Like, because, I mean, that's his position. Schedule yeah. it for Juneteenth. Yeah, that's <laughs> <also> <laughs> But for real, I really think that's at least an incredibly plausible explanation that was just Stephen Miller's idea, because Stephen Miller was like, He was like, and he he like single-handedly started his like high school's Republican Club, Mm -hmm. Young Republican Club. Like that's the type of fucking dude Stephen Miller was. His hairline was receding when he was 11. This dude's a dick. I I didn't want to make a joke about his appearance. (laughs) I'll do it. That's why he's
1: so fucking angry. I'm petty
0: as fuck. The
1: hair's (laughs) running away from his face.
0: It's been running because he's hateful. God don't like ugly. Like It's been running from him. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's like you got share a name. <laughs> first name anyway.
0: Yeah, we do. It's unfortunate. The same uh, spelling too. Same spelling. Yeah, the biblical spelling. Um fucking that dude. Yeah, that dude scares the piss out of me because yeah, he was just a speechwriter. He's 100 and he just like after he got a high school and college, he just made a fucking like political career out of being a fucking like like Rand Paul but fucking far right, you know, just like being yeah. this fucking white nationalist, just a piece of shit, dude, just like Nixon. You know, like he just made a career out of it and ended up writing speeches for Donald Trump because he's a white nationalist piece of shit. I mean, he's a populist. He's a fucking bootlicking piece of shit. So he's just like the perfect person and he's never pissed Donald off somehow. (laughs) And it Fucking really irritates me that he doesn't piss Donald off somehow because you know you see what happens with that cabinet. Where he's just like, "You don't like my cheeseburger diet. It's time for you to go." Like you know, like and he gives people the axe. You know, Steven, has been in there.
1: Take two minutes to say whatever you'd like to say, whatever you think people need to hear, <laughs> and then we'll wrap it up.
0: Um, <laughs> uh, does that mean do shameless self promotion here? Yeah.
1: So yeah, you you've got the blog. You
0: also bake.
1: Yeah. So where where can we find you on social media? Let's do that.
0: Yeah, I am the at the sapien on Instagram. I think that'll get you to my Twitter. I don't know if you get to my Instagram, you can get to that stuff. Uh, I'm at the afrosapien bakes. If you live in the Asheville area and you want some baked goods, um, that's the way to get them from me. Just like shoot me a DM. Um, I'm on Facebook as my name, but don't get on my Facebook. Um, my blog is the afrosapien com.wordpress.com because WordPress is a piece of shit. I'm going to get off there. Um, we have got a band camp. The Afro Sapien. Um, you, if you find my Instagram or my Twitter, you can find the rest of this stuff. Honestly, I'll, find, I'll link
1: all of it yeah. when um I get all this. like I I, I did the R, RSS thing and then I guess I got to figure out what the fuck to do after that, but I'll find a way to make sure that people can find all of it.
0: Word. Um.
1: um Dude, this is the first episode, man. Um, Thank you so much for doing it.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. Well, I'm going to have you on again. Word. Dude. So
0: I can answer, actually answer a question. Dude, like, I like, answered half of them. Pod,
1: pod, podcasting, when it gets down to it, like so many people are like, you know, what's it going to be about? And I'm like, what the fuck is any podcast about? When it gets down yeah. to it, there are people running there. It is people talking.
0: If it's like one of those podcasts, it's like a pitch for a show.
1: Or like a a, a murder podcast, yeah. But like a long form conversation podcast is like it's a long form it conversation. It's people talking.
0: That's Joe Rogan, like that motherfucker. I mean, Dude, I'm trying to get 100 million exclusive Spotify deal. That yeah, motherfucker,
1: fucking for real though, no, right? Like I will have you back for an episode about that specifically because we have to talk about what that means for for music. Because like literally, what Spotify said was like we care more about this podcast than any piece of music ever in the world. They
0: always, they, anytime you add like when they were going public and somebody was taking them to task about like your business model means you make, you don't produce any of this content. You capitalize it on anybody. Yep. How will you reconcile that? Like, and reconcile going public and making even more obscene amounts of money and not going to the artists. And they were like, well, Spotify makes, they don't, they don't make the content. We provide the platform. So, so that's why we should own their money. <laughs> like, yeah. It was like that's not a satisfactory answer, and the the person was like, but, I mean, this business model, because it can't be, isn't tenable. Like, you will just eventually run out of money to make. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're doing the Joe Rogan thing. And that's why they ever started putting podcasts on there but yeah they did and that's a problem i mean it is like taylor swift yanked your stuff off of there i think like more and more people because it's like you don't have to have spotify you just don't you have been camp or soundcloud yeah and like it makes it more annoying for people to get to your music sure but like yeah i think as like i think as a society if we re-examine the ethics of that i think we'll actually I think some people our age actually are okay with paying for art. Mm. I think they value it a little bit. I don't know. I think this, I think like it's just generally as people, we like value some white dude yelling into a microphone more than like the average three minute song. Yeah. Fucking like Dave Chappelle said, Laura Ingrams is a white woman with a platform. She's yeah. <laughs> never been excellent What did he in anything. say? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, this is, that's so true. Like, you could be white and just coast through life and just end up on fucking television. I was fucking look at like where the fuck did Tucker Carlson come from? Have fun with that Google dude, search,
1: dude. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't know either. He just kind of popped the fuck up. Exactly. It was that face that you know he just always. Did you see,
0: it? I stand with Tucker Carlson. No, what the fuck was that? It was a fucking thing that was trending on Twitter like a couple of days ago. My new thing is just like trolling white nationalist Twitter. It Was just like I just use their hashtags and just like wholesale just to fuck with them. Steven it makes me feel
1: better. Thank you so much for coming, man. Thank you for having me. Word up.